All right, everyone, as, as a part of the 200th episode of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, I am proud to present this segment where we are 25 years on from the Attitude Era, and with, there can be some debate there too, but I have two guests here to talk with me about the Attitude Era, two guys that, much like me, lived through the Attitude Era. First of all, Mr. David Gold is here. Good afternoon, good evening, good night, and good morning. And thank you. Fuck you. Bye. <laughs> and of course, the magic man, Mr. John Majewski. Welcome, everyone, to this great. You know, when I think attitude, I think Nate Maxson and David Gold. They are just the attitude era times infinity. So I am more than happy. I'm excited to be talking about the era with these two because I know they will bring the attitude. And a scratch logo of some kind. We'll figure out a scratch logo too. Definitely. Um, so I guess the first question that I'd have for you guys is because I say the 25th anniversary of the Attitude Era, because I kind of look at the Attitude Era and and it's a it's a debate that people have a lot. I kind of in my mind, just because it's when they started using the expression. I look at the beginning of it as in between kind of like the Royal Rumble 98 and WrestleMania 14. But what do you guys think? Because some people say, no, it's the Austin 316 promo. No, it's the debut of Goldust. It's, it, there's many different points where people can point to and say, this is when the Attitude Era started. But what do you guys think? Do you think I'm off? So I always think this is like... I always thought the Attitude Era was like the last ditch effort. WWE's we have to do something to beat Nitro. And it was like, you know what? We don't care. We're gonna we're gonna throw everything in because we're either losing this and we're off there, or they're gonna kick us off the air anyway, either way. Right. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I don't think you're wrong, and I also don't kind of don't think other people are wrong. I think as long as you're somewhere kind of in there. You know, I, I'm not going to get into a knockdown, drag out fight with you over it type thing. Right. And I mean, there's there's sorry, David, I'm I going to let you answer. But there's there's cases to be made for all of those instances, you know. I think the attitude error, I don't I mean, I agree. It was kind of a last ditch to compete with WCW. But at the same token, I think that's kind of how the 90s was going. I mean, if you look at even the TV shows that was on TV, you know, Jerry Springer, Ricky Lake, and then you have Howard Stern. I, I think 90s, and then, you know, you had Adult Swim pop around. You had ECW pop around. South Park. I really think it wasn't just WCW. I think a lot of the ideas were fostered from ECW. And me being one of those 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, and then some, I'd sneak. I didn't really have to sneak because, you know, my parents didn't care. But I would be up at 11 midnight when ECW came on TV, you know, and watching. So I saw everything, you know. And, like, back when TV kind of changed after 9 o'clock in the 90s and became super raunchy and stuff, you know. So I think they were just also going with the times, Mm -hmm. People were enjoying more adult content, even children in the 90s. Like, I know when I was 12, like, I was enjoying, like, the, the shows like that, believe it or not, even though I shouldn't have been watching half of them. Same. So. 
but yet mostly to compete with WCW. And had ECW had a billion dollar marketing machine behind them, they probably would have been actually what they both were mimicking. Yeah, the both companies stole so much from ECW at that time. And whether it be talent or, you know, of course, the quote unquote attitude or what have you, but it was, it was, it, to me, like I said, just the beginning of the quote unquote era starts around early 98. And then obviously it crescendos at WrestleMania 17. But the, the other thing about it is at that time for, for people that didn't live through it, and you guys can attest to this for people that didn't live through like 97, 98, that, that shit blew my mind at the time. Like, I, you know, you're looking at the WWF and we had watched the WWF through the Hulkamania era and through the, you know, the new generation era with characters like the goon and Mantar and things like that. And then just the change and so quick and to what you guys were saying about competing with WCW, if you believe Vince, he told Bret Hart, he was going to be in financial peril. Um, just throwing things against the wall to see what sticks and, it makes for 97, 98 to me, make for fascinating television to watch. 100%. You know, it's also, that's like, um, that's also when we had women's wrestling. It's kind of like the dark ages of women's <laughs> wrestling. And it's weird because it did kind of take off, but it was obvious just because it was like, ooh, TNA, baby. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. well, everything was a pudding match or a bikini match or, a, you know, it was, or, you know, let's have Sable with handprints on her boobies. You exactly. Know? It's like the wrestling didn't matter and everyone kind of knew it, but everyone was also okay with it. You know, it's <laughs> like Jim, Jim Ross is calling just a, like, like you said, David, a, like a pudding match, but he's calling it like it's a five-star classic, <laughs> you know, by God, she's in the pudding. Barbara Bush is in the pudding. <laughs> she's broken in half. <laughs> puppies <laughs> that's the other thing where Lawler was just told to go out there and do what you wish every time you see something crazy just go off like and scream puppies and and you know act like a act like a skeevy perv you know yeah. <laughs> and, and like he was like don't mind if I do oh don't mind if I do you know because I kind of am <laughs> so speaking of that um attitude era I, let, let's talk about what we think is some of the the most ridiculous things we saw that a fan would not actually wouldn't pass for today and furthermore us as adults would be like, I can't believe this. So I'm going to start, and the I, this is the first thing that comes to mind, and that's when Mae Young pushed out a hand. <laughs> okay? She had a love affair with Mark Henry, and she's pr supposedly pregnant. And here I am. I think that was, was that 98, 99? That was 99. 99. I'm 13 years old, and my 37-year-old self would be like, analyzing it like there's just no way this couldn't happen it's ridiculous at 13 i'm like oh cool she pushed out a hand <laughs> you know? no no explanation no um the best thing about that whole segment is the 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 medical dude's face <laughs> and, and mark henry's just standing there like it's completely normal like oh my god yes you know 
Like really? Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there's, there's tons of moments that obviously would not even make TV or it's allowed. If, if I want to go like the super, oh my God, I think, I mean, there's just so much stuff. Like Brian Pillman's got a gun. You 100% would not do that in today's time, you know? And I mean, so it's not all, not all sexual and naked and this and that, like some of it's, you know, uh, there was probably no such thing as politically correct at that time. So if it was, if it was ratings, we're going to use it, you know, doesn't matter. Nothing holds back. TNA was good, but we can, we, we can go the extreme on everything, you know, a, a couple that come to mind for me. Um, and to be honest to me, and then we could, we could get into it deeper, but I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, especially until maybe like the summer or fall. I'm not a huge fan of WWF 1999. It's too much Vince Russo. It's, it's, it's like, like for instance, you could never do all the stuff they did with the Ministry of Darkness today. Right. You know, the crucifying Steve Austin and sacrificing and that that's just that. And I, I didn't really dig that stuff anyway, because I don't know. I just didn't buy The Undertaker being in a faction. But not to cut you off from that, but the funniest part was when Vince revealed himself as the higher power. And like that son of a bitch when Gerard said that son of a bitch. <laughs> I just thought that was great. Uh, one of my favorite Jim Ross things during the Attitude Era is they're heading into I think it's whatever the paper. Okay, so they had all the setup to get the to the tournament for Survivor Series '98, right? For the Rock to win the title, so they had all that stuff going on where it was Kane, Austin, and the and the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And Vince is in quote unquote cahoots because for some reason for like six months in 1998, he was in love with that word. Everybody was in cahoots with somebody. But I love it. I love the, the you talking about a Jim Ross call. There's a I don't even remember what show it was, it was either Raw or Heat or something where Undertaker and Kane are kind of turning on Vince and they turn their back to him and Vince gives them the double bird, but Undertaker sees him and Jim, oh, Ross, yeah, yeah. Jim Ross is like, Oh, he got caught. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That's a good one too. Yeah. Oh, he got caught. <laughs> That's a great, you're right. That's a great one. Uh, but yeah, the ministry stuff, a lot of the stuff that they did with Val Venus, you wouldn't see today. Oh no, for sure. Chopping, oh, chopping off the pee-pee. Yeah. <laughs> no. And especially, especially the divas stuff, because like John said, it's like the dark ages of women's wrestling. It's, you know, we look at women's wrestling today in 2023 is on par with the men. They are competitors. They are athletes in the attitude era. Other than a few, like say ivory, but even ivory, who was a legit good wrestler, they, they sexualized her. Right. It was just they were they were hypersexualized and yeah you look back on it now and it's pretty cringe <laughs> yeah very cringe mm-hmm. and you know it's to show like how much of a different time it was do y'all remember I can't remember who it was but someone like sued the WWE for being too raunchy 
Sable. Oh, you mean a fan or you mean an actual? No, it, it was like an activist group. I oh, the, 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 the PTC. Yeah, and it was so bad. Like, they lost and had to pay WWE for, like, defaming them or whatever it was. <laughs> it's just, like, such a different world at that time. And then to and mock them. I to think, like, the judge was like, got home, time to watch my recording Yeah, role. <laughs> I got two words for you. Not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that the WWE was so pissed off about that. That's the entire reason they created the right to censor was to mock yes. the, the PTC. Um, what was that guy's name? L. Brent Bozell or something like that. But yeah, that guy was that guy was like he was all over like South Park and Jerry Springer. But his biggest target was the WWF at the time. Um, the I guess the next question I have is you can't say McMahon Austin because that's obvious. But other than that, what's your favorite? What's your favorite like rivalry feud of the Attitude Era other than Austin McMahon? So I don't know, I mean, if it's like my favorite rivalry feud, but it's like so intriguing to so many fans. I think he, you know, the the Montreal Screwjob, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Like I said, I really don't think of that as like this almighty great feud because mm-hmm. it ended up like rolling into, you know, um, it was a shoot type thing. But like if, I think that's with the, with the everything that was going on, that was like the first time, you know, openly in the ring, people are kind of pulling back that curtain. And yeah. uh, it's like I said, I don't think I like I wouldn't say, oh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, because it was almost more Bret Hart, Vince McMahon, <laughs> but it wasn't a wrestling rivalry, obviously. But I mean, everyone, if, if you're the casual fan at that time or whatever, or if you're just, I used to watch wrestling back in the day, they could, you know, everyone knows the screw job type thing. So. Yeah. Well, that's what sprung the attitude era, the evil Mr. McMahon. He took and ran with it, you know, and then Mm -hmm. the the, the stuff was stone cold. You know, he was already marching around. He destroyed Jake, who was in the latter part of his career. Um, you know, and then of course WCW is over there taking ECW talent and stealing the cruiserweight division ideas and stuff. You know, and basically they're both like just seeing who can one up one another. Right. So Vince is like, and Vince Russo. And the thing with Vince Russo was is that the reason he didn't work so well in WCW was because he didn't have that extra filter. And believe it or not, there was a filter. Yeah. Um, Vince McMahon, you know, would filter, you know, him and Cornette and uh, Doc Hendricks and stuff and all those gentlemen right. would would filter some of the things Russo wanted to do. And this stuff would turn out being OK, whereas some of it was I can't believe they just did that. You know, yeah. the, the Katie Vick stuff, the, you know, the the, the thing that, that Russo would do. Um, and then I'll I'll say what my ri- favorite rivalry of the attitude here is. But while I'm thinking about it, the thing that the worst thing about Russo is Russo did so many things with wrestling that were unnecessary and didn't have anything to do with wrestling. Mm-hmm. Example, or 
and and I want to look at it from this way too, a mental health standpoint. Like one of my least favorite things that's ever been done on wrestling television is Terry Reynolds loses her baby. Right. Um, right. Because first of all, what the hell does that have to do with wrestling? Nothing. Second of all, there are people out there who have lost their baby. Like they probably don't want to see that dramatized on a wrestling show. You know, it's just like, why are we doing this? I don't know. I it's, but yeah, he did a lot of that stuff that just triggered. I don't, I don't want to use the word triggered, but triggered me. (laughs) Um, Just like, this is tasteless and I'm okay with, I love tasteless humor. You guys know I love raunchy humor and stuff, but there's just some things that don't belong in a wrestling show. Right. You know, um, well, there's a ton of things that didn't belong, like, you know, and there's actually a funeral going on next door when Triple H is doing the Katie Vick stuff. Right. <laughs> like, a literal funeral. The, I mean, I don't know if I agree with the embalming stuff either. <laughs> you know, when Undertaker was about to embalm Stone Cold. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. There, yeah. There, and as a kid, you're like, yeah, yeah. Now we're like, hold on. Did I really enjoy that? Like, <laughs> wait, I cheered we were younger. for that? We were younger. <laughs> we were younger, and it was different than anything we'd ever seen before. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, young me was pretty stupid. Um, think, if you think back to what we basically had before that, remember the, the edgy stuff was, um, you know, would be um, like uh, what – Oh God, what's his name? Anyways, like the big cut downs was Dusty Road sucks eggs. Yeah. You know I mean, so <laughs> and now we're going to all this stuff. So so it caught us off. Um, Nate, I did want to say real quick, one of my favorite rivalries was not necessarily two people, but the tag team division as a whole. I oh, love yeah. it because yeah, this was this yeah. to me, um, it, just my opinion, this was like the greatest era. And and it, it went over, obviously, into the next eras a little bit too. But this was like the birth and the highlight of tag team wrestling, in my opinion, at least, even to this day. And the thing that's etched in my memory is Jeff Hardy hanging from a belt and Edge spearing him off the belts. Oh, for the sure. TLC match. Like, I mean, yeah, you had the Dudleys, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, you know. You could just keep going. Like, yeah, I was going to say, you even get down to, I mean. I mean, the, even in WCW. The, the, the APA. Um, and, and you know what? You knew it was big when you started taking your main singles people and throwing them in, like Rock and Sock and, and, and all this. Like, um, you know it's big when you're taking your superstars of the single and throwing them to the tag team division just because it's so awesome. You know, it's just. Yeah. And WCW went another route. They started splitting up all the, the, the big tag teams like the Steiner brothers and mm-hmm. Harlem Heat. You know, they started splitting all of them up. And and I guess they felt – and the, really the only tag teams they had was the Outsiders. And the, anytime they would defend the belts, it was, you know, early 96 – late 96, early 97, you had a lot of great tag matches. You know, they faced Harlem Heat. They faced the Steiners. You know, but after that, anybody who faced the outsiders, it was either a singles match or it was like Sting and Luger, you know, mm-hmm. or 
you know, any just any tag team they can plop together are big names. You know, the Four Horsemen. You know, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson together. You know, something like that. So right, they went another route with it. While WWF, I'm gonna call it that because that's what it was at the time. I, I just hate when people still call it WWE. I'm sorry, <laughs> it wasn't WWE then. Okay, so it was WWF then. They went all out on their tag teams, and even their, you know, the, the tag teams that weren't competing for the belts were good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I love the Acolytes before APA, right? And, you know, and they had some of the cheesier tag teams at the beginning, you know, like the Godwins and stuff like that. The, 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 what was it? What, what tag team was uh, Douglas, Shane Douglas in? What was that? The, with um, Sonny. Oh, you mean you mean Chris Candido, uh, the Bobby yeah, Donnas, Candido, the Bobby Donnas. Oh, that's okay, Bobby Donnas. Yeah, right. um, they they uh, also. I, I just want to throw out there really quick um, two things. First, I, you made me think. You guys made me think of another Jim Ross commentary <laughs> line that people should check out. But this one is inadvertent. The next time you watch WrestleMania seventeen. There's a point in the match where Lita grabs Edge when he's climbing the ladder by the foot and makes him fall, right? Mm-hmm. Jim Ross calls this, and, you know, he's in the moment, and he goes, all right, <clears throat> he does a course correction, but it's too late because I caught it. He goes, oh, my God, Lita, jerking Edge off. <laughs> and then after after a short pause he goes the ladder <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ne- next, t- next time you watch it if you haven't noticed it before folks listen to it it's kind of funny because he's like oh I fucked up <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I was going to mention because you, you mentioned the, the Godwins the Body Donnas that mm-hmm. early part of the Attitude Era is it just me, or did the WWF like never? For some reason, they just did not know how to use the Road Warriors. No, and I think they purposely. This and this is going to go into a whole another conversation, but I think anybody that WWF didn't make NWA and WCW briefly made the Road Warriors. So he brings them in back in nine ninety two. They have a brief run. I don't feel they were used right then either. No. Then he brings them back in briefly again later on. Doesn't use them right again. And then, of course, you remember the whole later part where Hulk, they utilized his real-life problems, you know, Mm -hmm. to to bring on the TV. And then apparently everybody was an LOD member all of a sudden. Yeah. And he jumps off the Titantron for whatever reason. So I don't know what it was, but I can name a lot of guys and gals that were brought in and not used right. Like not even the Steiner brothers were used right, in my opinion, when they Mm -hmm. were in the WWF. So I agree. They just were not used right. And I thought when they brought LOD 2000 out, I said, okay, he's going to do something with them finally. And for one night, they used them right. Then that was it. Yeah, and then they get they get dragged down into the the dregs with my, like one of my least favorite tag teams is DOA. DOA is so fucking boring. Um, 
but they get they get dragged down into a feud with them and and just they just never for some reason and it's it's crazy to me because Vince was always so good at booking monsters but he never well, booked the LOD like the monsters that they should have been booked like they were just and, another team there right and in my opinion the road warriors whole thing was we're we're two badass people who are going to kick ass and that alone not saying that they couldn't do more but i mean really it's road warriors japan and all that where it's like just kick ass guys but that alone in wwf slash e has never worked yeah you know it's it's got to be something more than just we're a we're a badass who beats the crap out of people <laughs> and um I don't know if it was Vince and I don't know if it was them. Like you, you gotta have a gimmick, you know, especially then. And even all our badass kick-ass people had something. So, and that's just my opinion. Um, and it, it could have been Vince holding them back cause he didn't create them. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. He did put them like, because didn't they come in and they were against Demolition right away, who was the obvious knockoff of Road yeah, Warriors? Yeah, because they cost Demolition. And I disagree with that assertion. but I disagree I, with that wholeheartedly, I, too. I don't think I, they were a knockoff. But. I'm pretty I, sure like they've admitted that. And and that's fine. But I just never uh, – uh, okay, I'll get back to my point or to our discussion. <laughs> uh, but, yes, they, they came in and they, they actually cost uh, – Demolition defended the tag titles against the Hart Foundation at SummerSlam, and LOD cost them the titles. And then so then they started their feud with Demolition. I, I guess I'm not saying I disagree with – I don't want to say that. I never viewed Demolition as a Road Warriors ripoff. I, reviewed, I totally viewed Demolition as their own thing. Powers of Pain, however, you could totally make that case. But I just, I just, to me, Demolition is its own thing. Maybe because I'm biased and they're one of my favorite teams, but they're their own thing to me. They're not an LOD knockoff. And like you said, if they said they were, then they were. But I just never viewed them that way. Yeah, so, I don't think I don't think it was either. You know, because then you could argue that Barbarian and and you know. Warlord were as well, or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, like I don't believe they were. So I think, like, like I don't know. I'd have to research it again. But I'm pretty sure, like, people have said that was Vince doing that on purpose, like the the demolition. Now, just because you say they're a knockoff of them, that's nothing against the two workers, the two right. individuals. Because I agree, I love demolition. And remember, I was, I was a. Uh, no cable TV boy, and like forever, my exposure to wrestling was Saturday mornings. So I loved Demolition. You know, um, my first exposure to Road Warriors was Legion of Doom when they came over as WWF. You know, because right. I'm talking about little kid. Um, I can't even take myself to the store to watch to read the magazines and stuff. It was literally like Saturday morning, and then every once in a while, I could. I could rent the pay-per-view that's like six months old already that's coming to the video <laughs> stores, you know? So don't get me wrong when I'm saying a knockoff. I'm not putting them down. That's oh, just, yeah. and I, like I said, I'd have to research it. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I think I've read before that it was like the answer to Road Warriors was demolition. You know? And that's high, that's high, that's highly possible, um, especially at that time with Vince McMahon, you know, because he wanted to have, he wanted to have his own of everything. 
Um, so my favorite rivalry, getting back to it, because this is what I do. I always take conversations in 16 different directions. <laughs> but getting back to my favorite rivalry of the Attitude Era might actually surprise people. But it's actually Triple H and The Rock. Um, they, It's like the, at that time, they're both kind of coming up together. Mm-hmm. And they have they have multiple different their rivalry goes in and out throughout the it weaves through the Attitude Era you know even into 2000 my favorite Iron Man match ever is the Judgment Day 2000 Iron Man match because there is so much going on and it's a great match you know you have the return of the Undertaker and the falls are like five to five and it, I mean it's the epitome of the Attitude Era there is so much shit going on right. but. They just from from when they started feuding with D with I mean not even DX versus the Nation, Rocky beats beats Hunter for the Intercontinental Title, and then you know come about maybe what six eight months later now you've got DX and the Nation and they have their ladder match at SummerSlam '98, and then they go into '99 and they're kind of apart. But then you go into 2000 and their rivalry almost defined the year 2000 in the WWE. I just that's my favorite rivalry of the Attitude Era is those two. You're you're making me. I'm going to have to go back and watch that match now. <laughs> <laughs> Judgment Day 2000. I mean, uh, I'd say that Triple H was during that time period. That's when he did his best heel work and his stuff with Cactus Jack and Mankind. Oh, yeah was phenomenal. The cage matches, the street fights, you know, and Foley was having his last little bit of run up until 01. I mean, that stuff that the, the Stephanie passed out in the car seat. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The fake Stephanie voice when they're married. I do. The biggest, I swear to God, I swear to God, the biggest heel pop in the history of the business or the history of the WWF. Let's say that. The biggest heel pop on their television show ever is during the wedding when the when the preacher says, does anybody have any object or whatever, and Triple H's music hit. Man, that crowd went insane. That is one of the most heat, most moments of heat I've ever seen in my life when he interrupts their wedding. What a great story. Um, the... The next to last question, I have two more questions for you guys. The next one is, and I know it's a hard choice because there's so much great talent, but to you, who is the MVP of the Attitude Era in the WWF? I'm going to say Mick Foley. And I'm going to say Mick Foley because two of his segments were the highest rated in history. History. When, one, when he won the belt. Now, credit to WCW, because yeah. they told you to, he, <laughs> won the, he won the belt. Thanks for the rub. And the second, this is your life with The Rock. And let's not forget his segment with Vince in the hospital bed when we finally met Mr. Sacco. He keeps trying to give him, he just keeps trying to get him to drink the Slurpee. Or the, the, and the and then all or whatever. stuff as the commissioner later on. I mean... And all the times he lost and all the bumps he took off the cage, three separate occasions, the street fight, the, you know, just everything that Foley encompassed during the attitude error to me 
he was the MVP. Obviously, you know, some would have an argument about Stone Cold being that MVP because he was the top merch seller and, you know, but to me, Foley kind of, he just made it just that much better. And and I know I'm a little biased in my answer because we all know I'm a Foley mark. Yes, I admit it. But there was just so many things he did, so many promos. His stuff is early mankind with Undertaker. It, I could just go on and on. So I'm going to stop here. <laughs> John? I would say it's Stone Cold. I mean, it's that's the answer. But um, I would say DX is huge now. And I can't say when I say DX, it's because with each other, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Shawn Michaels, obviously huge triple H huge, but it wasn't the same in, unless they were together with everyone. So, so DX as a whole would be my, uh, one of my answers outside of stone cold's the obvious answer. I mean, yeah. And stone cold is obviously the jump starter, his promo at King of the Ring after he demolished Jake, you know, his stuff with Mr. McMahon, his street fight highway to hell with Undertaker. Right. Um, I, will, I will say, uh, like, this is some good Undertaker time, too. Oh, he's like yeah. he's like in his prime. And I'm, I'm talking about working-wise. Like, he had some amazing matches. Mm-hmm. And... um yeah, from 96 on, you could just go on and on about Undertaker. Yeah, and this time, like, for some reason, we don't think, like, when we think of who who's the best ever big man, like, we don't think of Undertaker because I think he was so good. Like, he wasn't right. a big man. He was just a normal-sized guy when, obviously, he was a big, quote-unquote, big man. So, I mean... I think yeah. the problem with that, lot, what you're saying is, is when people people say big men they're not thinking like because undertaker was in phenomenal shape right so they're thinking like and that doesn't mean these other guys weren't in great shape right because i can't do a moonsault you know what i mean like right but you know they're thinking bam bam bigelow vader earthquake yokozuna you know guys like they're talking andre the giant during the latter part of his career because Anybody can say that he wasn't athletic, but you need to go back and watch his Japan matches and watch his original matches with Hogan in Japan. And you're going to see like a guy that could, who was super athletic, but I think that's what they're saying, but you're right. Undertaker, you know, even Kane, they don't even say Kane is one of the best. And you're probably right. Cause when you say big man, people think fat man. They think they think fat man that does impressive things. Like, oh my god, he did a cartwheel. Like, holy <laughs> crap, like you know, Vader could, you know, do some stuff. Vader could do moonsaults. Bam Bam Bigelow in ECW, he jumped into the crowd, you know, dope right. through a ring. You know right. what I mean? Like he did some crazy stuff. Like, you know, even Earthquake was, you know, for his size, like even Mabel, Viscera, you know. Like right. the fact he could jump so high in the air to do a leg drop, the size he was. Yeah. This was crazy. But that's my answer. Mankind, Mick Foley, and then obviously Stone Cold is the second. But Mick And the, the, the funny thing is, when I really, really, because, you know, I wrote the question and I was like, well, shit, I got to have an answer too. Um, 
I actually came to the same conclusion as David, and it's it's McFoley. And I started out thinking Stone Cold because I was like, how can you not say Stone Cold? But the really reality of the situation is, yes, Steve Austin was the biggest star in the history of the business, or Hulk Hogan, one of the two. Anyway, biggest star in history, okay? But hear me out. Mick Foley, we mentioned Steve, we mentioned Hunter, we mentioned Rock, we mentioned Undertaker. Who gave all of those guys their best shit during the Attitude Era as an opponent? It was it was Mick Foley. Who was his best tag partner? It was Dude Love. You know? yeah. Well, he, he was the first... Him turning heel on Steve when Steve first gets the belt, you know, gets Steve's gets Steve's feud or his title range started off with a bullet, and then Mick made the Rock, Mick made Triple H, um, and then on top of that, Steve, if you if you were to take the matches that Steve Austin had, the amount of matches versus the amount of matches that Mick Foley had because of Austin's injuries and stuff. Austin actually didn't wrestle a lot during the Attitude Era. Foley was wrestling all the time, and the stuff I, Foley I, was doing. And this is taking this is taking nothing away from Stone Cold Steve Austin, sure. You know, but yeah, I just I do too. I I think it's Mick Foley. So if I take that train of thought you just said, mm-hmm. I would go with Vince McMahon, um, and I'm talking about on air personality not the owner head creative guy whatever because i think other than wrestling all the time yeah he's not like he wasn't wrestling matches and definitely wasn't going through physically what mankind was exactly but but as far as making people like one thing you can I, i don't think you could ever blame vince of is you know like Whenever I hear like wrestlers go like, oh, they just wanted to make an ass of me or whatever. I'm like, have you ever seen Vince when he wrestled? <laughs> so yeah. uh, so that, that's, that's just the thing. And, and there's no wrong answer here. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say you're making you, you can make a great case for him, too. And to that, to that. Um, if you watch the, I don't know if you've ever seen the McMahon, the Vince, the DVD WWE released about Vince. Um, but to your, what you're saying, John, William Regal on that DVD talks about that. He says Vince McMahon, he essentially, he's like Vince McMahon, um, would be the asshole. He would get, he would, he would get every advantage the bad guy could get, but in the end, he always got his comeuppance. Right. And he uh, also a great story is uh, Mick in one of Mick Foley's books. It's either, I think it's Mick Foley, one of Mick Foley's books. He he talks about having a conversation with Terry Funk in the locker room and they watch Vince McMahon walk past to go out to the ring and take some stunners and shit. And Terry Funk looked at Mick and said, that's the most hardcore man in wrestling. Mick's (laughs) Mick's like, what in the hell are you talking about? And he's like, he's got all that money and all that power. He doesn't have to go out there and do that, but he does it anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a great point, you know, and that's coming from the hardcore of hardcore, Mr. King, hardcore Terry Funk. So that's high praise. Yeah. And then now also take into effect that, once again, he didn't have the life of bumps before him, but think of his age then too. Yeah. So, I mean, 
he was not a young man at this time. Mm -hmm. It's also funny to watch the evolution of Vince taking a stunner. Because, like, at the beginning, like, the first stunner he gets, he goes down like a sack of potatoes, and it's, like, awful, and he flops around, and he looks terrible. And by the end of the Attitude Era, it's like he had developed – it's like COVID. Like, he had developed an immunity to the stunners, so he could take six or seven of them before he actually was – you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I've gotten so used to taking this thing. I take it every night. <laughs> I did – uh just to jump ship for a second, what a couple WrestleManias ago, I was like, we have to see the world's worst taking of a stunner once again, please. Have you ever seen the video of Mick watching that? No. Oh, when we're done, go look it up. Mick Foley watching Vince take that stunner. His son taped it. It is one of the funniest, craziest, almost awesome belly laughs you've ever heard. Mick's like, oh, no, Vince. No, Vince. No, Vince. And then he takes it, and you can't even replicate the laugh. It's so funny. I have to uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes of stuff I have to watch after this. <laughs> An Iron Man match and a Mick Foley video, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the Vince stuff and the age stuff, you know. He'd be maybe number three for me still, you know, because his his feud with Austin was huge, so you can't you can't discredit that, so... So my last question for you guys before we wrap this up about the Attitude Era, because it's something that I I think I've discussed it before. In the overall scheme of things, in your opinion, did the Attitude Era, I know it was great financially at the time. And like you guys were talking about this, as youngsters, we were like, this is fucking great. But in the long run, do you think it was good for the business or bad for the business? Like, you know what I mean? Like, did it, did it really reap the results as we look at the wrestling landscape today and what it affected and what happened and what's happened to the business over the years? Was it really, it, what, did, what I'm saying makes sense. Was it good or bad in the long run? I guess right, is what I'm right. saying for the business. Well, remember, so this is coming from me who's lifelong fan love the the classic whatever they call the the old timey stuff um still to this day I'll, I'll watch matches and love every bit of it but i would have to say yes and i say yes because think of i'm sure y'all have it too but how many friends and, and this might be to us because our age we're all pretty close in age um how many friends did you have who was like, man, I haven't watched wrestling since I was a kid. And, and then now I'm back in it. So the sheer numbers it has, and then you have stone cold who no one in the history of the business has been hotter, you know, in a single time or that hot, you know, numbers day to day type thing than stone cold. And it turned W and like you said, financially, even though, yes, we know you, you can't, you can't deny that it made it a billion plus dollar company, mm -hmm. um, you know, and at the same time it made it into a publicly traded company. And, and it's just, it kind of, cause it's funny. We're talking about how it's not politically correct and would be nowhere near acceptable now to me, just from me remembering in the time it made wrestling mainstream again. Yes, absolutely. Like the same you know, when there was like primetime wrestling 
and every house in the world was turning on. And I'm talking about like Hogan, Macho Man, way back before. Um, and until Attitude Era, we, in my opinion, we weren't there. So this was the first time wrestling felt like you could go to work or school and you wouldn't be like shamed on. For yeah, I was just, I was, that's funny that you said that. I was just about to say that. Like, I remember being like, you know, through like say 92 until the attitude era hit being this wrestling fan. There was only like two other dudes in school that I could talk <laughs> right. to wrestling about. And then, uh, you know, you get to 98. Well, by then I was out of school, but you get to 98 and you're going to work. And now everybody wants to talk about it. And you're like, yeah, I know all about wrestling. <laughs> yes. And it was like everyone in the world was wearing, you know, a stone cold or any wrestler shirt. And it was like, cool shirt, man. You know, like it was just like walking down the street, you had bonds with people just over wrestling. So even though I'm sure all three of us, they did a lot of stuff we don't agree with and would never in the world do it in today's world. I think as a, as a whole, you definitely have to say it was a good thing, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that, yeah, I mean, we kind of were in the middle, in the thick of it, though. And, and I was in middle school and high school in elementary when this was going on. So obviously there was a lot of kids, um, you know, that were wearing the shirts and, and, and hyping it up. I had some friends that actually only watched WCW, believe it or not. They didn't watch the others. I've had some friends that couldn't watch ECW, you know, due to when it came on and the extreme nature of it. So at the end of the day, yes, it was more mainstream in terms of, you know, what we liked but I'd argue that I also was in elementary in the late eighties, early nineties for a little bit, but I went towards the latter part of when like Hogan's run was starting to get stale, unfortunately. So I believe that if you got somebody on here and, and John, you're a little older than I am. So are you Nate? So you guys were kind of in school towards the latter part of the eighties. Um, in some ways, I didn't start elementary until 91, right? So that was kind of towards Hogan's end. Um, we're getting close to it. But I think, like, there are a lot of people, if you ask them right now, like, if you travel, or even back then, if you traveled overseas and stuff, and you ask them, do you know who Hulk Hogan is? They would know who Hulk Hogan is. But if you said, do you know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is? That could be hit or miss, so I just feel like that, that wrestling in the 80, late 80s when it started booming and Hogan was getting so over and it just became the giant that it was. I think that, you know, it just really depends, I think. You know, I, I feel like I was a fan of both eras equally, you know, just in a different way. You know, in the 80s, I, I was more into like the... Hulk Hogan's and the Ultimate Warriors, and they, they were more driven for kids, right? Right. For but sure. the 90s, it was more driven towards adults, but I also had grown up. I was a teenager or, or almost a teenager when it first started, and I wanted different stuff. You know, I didn't like, and if you all remember correctly, 94 to 95, both WCW and WWF were very still cartoony. 
you know, you had Dungeon of Doom, you had fake diesels, fake Razor Ramones, you had the goon, the goon. You know, you still had that stuff going, Repo Man. You know, you still had that right. stuff going, and we all hated it, right? Because we were getting older. So I think the fans like us, and y'all are a little older, so you were, you know, more cl- closer to adulthood than I was. So you also felt, I'm so sick of this. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. So I think it just evolved. And, and to be honest, yes, I think the merch sales picked up a lot more. But I'd argue you would need to look the facts up and see the type of merch that was out there. Like, there was a couple years where the only figures being made were Bendoms. Okay? So there wasn't figures. Like, And then we got bone crunching action. Then we got Toy Biz. But for a couple of years there in the mid '90s, there was no figures, so the merch sales weren't as booming as they were, you know, when we got like marbles and frying pans and spaghetti makers and, <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's really. I'm sorry, my answer was long as hell, but <laughs> it's it's really hit or miss on either or. I, I think they were equal in several ways and unequal in others. I, I, I am of two minds on this subject because I go back and forth about it from a business. And, and it, you know, it's like Scott Hall said, everybody wants to say the wrestling business until they try to treat it like somebody tries to treat it like a business. That's what he always said about people that criticize Vince McMahon. They all want to call it the wrestling business until somebody wants to treat it like a business. Fair point. From a business and money standpoint to what you said, John. This is the era of wrestling that made WWE a public company that made WWE like today. I, I, I would, I would say you guys agree with me at this point in the history, there's never going to be a company that's going to even compete with them. They are the NFL of wrestling. They are the NBA of wrestling. They are just an institution now. Um, and the attitude area is what caused that. And that's, that's where I'll say it's a plus. Where I'll say it's a negative is some of the bad habits that got picked up during the Attitude Era booking-wise have carried on to create some of the stuff, some of the reasons that I don't like modern wrestling. You know, um, wrestlers' inability, it seems to slow down anymore. Oh, 100%. Um, everything's got to be high spot, high spot, high spot, high spot. Like, I get so happy when I see, like, a match between Gunter and Sheamus that's just going to be a knockdown, drag out, old school fucking wrestling match. Um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have, and I know, I don't want to debate it. We're not talking about modern wrestling. I'm sorry, but I'm just saying some of the afterbirth of the Attitude Era is crap that they put on TV, like Orange Cassidy. Um, I love Orange Cassidy though I hate Orange Cassidy because Orange Cassidy Makes the business look stupid Prime example <laughs> I won't go too much Because <laughs> my internet keeps slowing down That's why I turned my camera off I'm like okay Because we're having storms here So I'm like I don't want to lose these guys before we're done The bigot like okay well, Hear me out Dave I watched Orange Cassidy. This is probably two, three years ago. Whatever. I don't keep. I don't. I don't have an encyclopedia for AEW. But I watched Orange Cassidy do that stupid little kick thing. That oh, he I does. fucking love that. Oh, okay. But, okay. So he does it to Pac, right? Who's a badass. 
And Pac didn't just punch him in the fucking jaw and knock him out. You lost me. You just lost me. Because if that guy's a badass, Taz, Austin, uh, Undertaker, those guys would have just punched him in the jaw and he would have been knocked out because he gave them a little sissy kicks. Instead, Pac stood there like a dildo and sold it like it was serious. <laughs> it ruins, I'd argue there are it, other it moments. Ruins, in- and I'm not – there's plenty of silly shit throughout the history of wrestling. I'm yeah. just telling you why I hate that gimmick. I can't stand it. And he did it to Sting, and I lost respect for Sting for taking that. No, no. First of all, what did Sting do, though, right after that? I don't know, because I didn't really watch it. Sting did the same thing, actually, <laughs> number one. No, Sting Sting did the chops and then did the small – watch it, because go back on YouTube, Sting doing Orange Cassidy. It, you'll actually gain that respect right back, because he mimicked what Cassidy was doing. So he made it like – what, what, you, what the heck are you doing? Go watch it. I'm serious. You'll, you'll gain that respect back. I get you, Nate. Uh, now we're starting to get off a little. Yes. <laughs> we wrestling, are. professional what wrestling we do. <laughs> is entertainment, 100%. But if I go watch a Rambo movie, halfway through the movie, they don't show me that it's not really – you know, th- those aren't real bullets coming out of the gun. Right. So that that's what I always say. And um, and I'm a little old cranky man wrestling guy now, too. I catch myself all the yeah. time yelling at the screen going, that's supposed to hurt you. And I do want to clarify very quickly, because one of my biggest problems with modern wrestling, especially social media, I'm leaving so many wrestling groups, it's ridiculous. My, my biggest problem with modern wrestling fans and social media is how toxic they are. And I'm saying it right now. If David Gold likes Orange Cassidy, I think David Gold should watch Orange Cassidy anytime he wants because that's what entertains David Gold. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. My biggest problem with modern wrestling fans is that they attack each other. You know why you know, Orange Cassidy? You know, do, you know, do, you, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Like... Mm-hmm. If I was in a in a wrestling like Facebook group right now, and David said I liked Orange Cassidy, I would. If I was toxic like most modern wrestling fans, well, you suck because you no. David doesn't suck because he likes Orange. I don't like Orange Cassidy. David can. That's fine. But I don't know. Just the personal attacks by people nowadays really fucking annoy me. No, I, I get you. And um, also, let me. Let me say this. If I was Orange Cassidy and all of a sudden I could make a whole bunch of money being Orange yeah. Cassidy, even if I hated Orange Cassidy, I would do it. <laughs> right. And, I mean, but and, and again, and, I don't I don't begrudge him and I don't begrudge anybody who likes him. I just don't watch him. Right. It's I not easy. You, and my only take is it's not like modern wrestling because there's some old wrestling that I don't like also for the same reason. But like we always talk about escape reality mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of what I like to do, you know, I want to buy into the whole storyline and I want to buy into two grown ass adults getting into a fight. And yes. some of that stuff I'm like, okay. Um, doesn't mean I'm, I might think some of it's funny, whatever, but I do want to be able to believe, you know, I want to 100% buy in. So I get you. Um, and I don't even mind orange Cassidy. 
if he does that, but I'm, I'm like, Nate, I want to see what the response is. Mm-hmm. That's if, where Sting made that appropriate response to that, right? Right. If if you did it to me, or not me, but to any wrestler, and then the wrestler grabbed you and chunked you out of the ring, I would like that, you know, because that would be to me an appropriate response, right? So, so that's all. I never want to say I don't like this guy. I don't like what he did. It's all what's the whole story? Let me see it, and then I can be like. Now, sometimes I'll be like, that's a little too fake for me, but. Um, so I shouldn't say old wrestling cause, cause there's some old wrestling stuff that I feel the exact same of. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's like, I put, I posted that picture, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago in the Facebook group that I was like, we don't, you know, I I'm as big a fan as of old school wrestling as the next guy, but let's not act like wrestling just got silly in the past 10 years. <laughs> and it was a picture, it was a picture of Kamala, Kamala two and a midget Kamala. So it's like doink, ding, ping, ping. Let's not not act like wrestling just got silly. Right. You got doink, ding, ping, mink. Okay. Yeah. All right. And and furthermore, yes, the Orange Cassidy kicks, to me, the point of them isn't to – I could see, Nate, your point if the person he's kicking acts like it hurts, like they start selling it, and they, like, hold their leg and fall down. That's where I would have a problem with. Mm-hmm. But most of the guys, 99% of the guys, except for what Sting did, which was hilarious, stand there and just stare at him. That's what makes it great because it's ridiculous. And they know it's ridiculous. So they stand there like, what is this guy doing? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, And some make faces. Some just like no sell it. They all no sell it. I would be mad if a dude fell and he pinned him and the match was over. Right. Okay. Like the finger poke of doom. Mm-hmm. That's when I would be like, "This is I'm done." Ninety. The rest of the Orange Cassidy match, the Orange Cassidy can wrestle. He's really good in the ring. Well, he can definitely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's why. That's why, as you guys know, that's why we call this the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Because my le- my least favorite chant in wrestling is "You can't wrestle." from a bunch of guys in the audience who actually can't wrestle. So no, I mean, and again, I never take anything away from the guy that the fact that he's a, he's a wrestler and he's, he know he knows a lot, hell of a lot more than I do. I'm just not a fan. That's the, you know, that's the long, and long the and fact short. That the what chants are still going. Good, <laughs> good Lord. People are still doing what over and over again. All right. It's done. It's that's like what? 22 years ago. We're done. No more. What? <laughs> yeah. Speaking what? of the attitude what? era. What? <sighs> well, I'm really that to... was Stone Cold's worst run ever. <laughs> terrible. The whole uh, terrible as a heel, just terrible. And everyone just loves what? 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 I'm like, this is just so bad. This you is know. bad. <laughs> this is bad. Like I, I still it's like you hate Orange Cassidy part, that part. I really dislike the what chant. And it's still going. Still going. They did it. I, I was watching SmackDown and the guy's talking. He's like, what? Jay's like, blah, 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 blah. What? Blah, 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 blah. What? I'm like, come on, people. That was like the worst thing ever. Like, I wanted to change the TV every time Austin came out and was doing that. What? What? So that, that's that's my rant on the worst heel run ever and the worst chant ever. <laughs> well, I'm going to wrap this segment just because 
on my end that you guys might not be having it on your end, but I've got lag going on here because we've got storms rolling through. So before before I have nothing, I want to thank I want to thank John and David both for being here with me and uh, celebrating the 200th episode of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me for this conversation. Thank well, you for having me, you, David. It's always a blast. Mm-hmm. I, though we don't always ha- agree on what we say, it's always a bunch of fun chatting it up with both of you guys. And I appreciate you each and every time you have me back. And it's a respectful, non-toxic debate, which I like. Yeah. And remember, everyone listening at home, Nate said, do not watch Orange Cassidy. <laughs> me do you not me. like when he wrestles with his hands in his pockets i mean come on me that's freaking impressive old man yells at cloud <laughs> he's shaking his fist as he speaks meanwhile i'm sitting in my chair like do i have to hear what one more time <laughs> from 25 years ago or excuse me 22 years ago is yeah, it still I'm- going I'm old man yells at cloud and you are gold man yells at cloud. <laughs> hey Nate, do you hate when it's actually not that good of a match and the cl- the crowd is chanting this is awesome? Does <laughs> that bother you too? Because I know I'm like, hold on. And no disrespect because obviously I don't wrestle. So anybody that gets in a ring, it's an honor to get in a ring. Mm-hmm. John gets in a ring. It's an honor. I couldn't do 99% of anything that anyone does in the ring. I can get into a ring. And even then I was like shit doing it. So, because I've gotten into rings. So, and I get nervous just stepping between the ropes, hoping, hoping I don't fall. Right. But at the end of the day, I also have eyes and have been a wrestling fan for 20, 20, 34 years. And there's pictures to prove it. Um, so, when I see a match that's not that great and I hear the fans going, this is awesome. I'm like, what are you watching? Yeah. So, and that's not taking away from who's in the ring because right. they, they're doing better than I would do. Right? It's because it's because the crowd wants to be a part of the show more than anything nowadays. Oh no. I, I mean, you're, you're right because I, I'm sure y'all have seen it at times too, but you'll see the most, basic move and then they get a holy shit chant (laughs) yeah i'm like we saw that six times last match (laughs) arm drag holy shit john have you ever just stood in the ring thinking to yourself man that wasn't that good of a match and everyone's going this is awesome you're like no it's not it was my worst match i've wrestled ever (laughs) it happens because because you can be the best wrestlers in the world and sometimes you just don't have that chemistry it takes so Everyone's had a bad match. So, I mean, and that's also not against people that have always had good matches. Sometimes there's a worker you're working with that's not as good as you are yet. So, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, It always is a great debate. Um, I definitely, you know, we all have our differences of opinions. You know, I think. I enjoy Orange Cassidy. I like Kenny Omega. Obviously, Nate doesn't. So, hey, hey, but you did see that I gave him credit, right? For the first time in life, yes, I did. Yes, see that. that that Omega Osprey match was badass. I gave him credit for that. I give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know your disdain to Kenny Omega. You know, and, and and in John's eyes, Hogan can do no wrong, right? So, you know. Um, 
for the record, I'm talking about on air Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all talking about on air people, right? Like, yeah, we're not talking I, about what's no. done in their personal life. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, about the toxic wrestling fans. Like, I, I don't know Kenny Omega as a person, so I couldn't give two shits less. He must, he might be a perfectly nice fellow. That's fine. I just don't watch him wrestle, and I just happen to give it a chance during that Forbidden Door thing. And uh, they had a good ass match. I got to give them credit for so it. So now you'll be back. You'll be watching again. I'll be, yeah, uh, and then I'll watch his next match, and he'll wrestle a, a match that should take place in an arcade game. And I'll <laughs> say, no, I'm no. Bye, you know, I just. box <laughs> well everyone as part of episode 200 of the we can't wrestle podcast that's right episode 200 it is time for the chip it's always one of our most popular games one of our most popular segments i should say it's our only game but our most popular segments and of course i am nate maxson the hostess for us we appreciate that she does this the whole wrestling thing. My beautiful wife and co-host of the Motley Soup podcast, Kendall, is here. Hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> and there you hear the former champion, the man that wants to be the man to take my title, I think, the most. Archie Mitchell is here. Yes, yes. I, I need this. It's all I have going for me. Oh, 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 that, that, that was just the sweetest. Oh, like, oh, God, he has to win now. <laughs> now I got a cheat for you. <laughs> She's going to oh, be God. like, which British bulldog defeated? Um, and of course, my brother Aaron. <laughs> He's a heel. And Mr. Ice Cold Mark Brew. Yes, sir. I'm over like Barry Horowitz, baby. Pat, pat yourself on the back, and hopefully you don't have to do the job tonight. So, my question to you guys because I always do the job. I literally always forget. Doubt. The one thing I always forget every time we do this, we played a 10, 12, or 15. I think it's 15, I, isn't it? I could have sworn it was 15. Yeah, when we, I know when we did the show with Chad, it went to 15. All right, I remember that. We'll go with 15. First one to 15 wins. And of course, as you know, if you have listened before, this is the book. Box. We have the book, which is uh, it's our crotchety old racist book. Um, yes. It's like an old man from the 50s wrote it. The trivia book. It has obscure questions. It uses words like midget and dame. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but, but it's also very hippie, too, because you get to what astrological sign was the Negro midget from the carnival day? It's like, what? And who who was his dame? Right. <laughs> who was his broad? But we have, we have the book, and then we also have the box, which is a WWE trivia game. Kendall has both in her possession. We each choose each question, whether we want to do the box or take a challenge and go with the book. And as defending champion, I will start us off. This time around, we're playing, like I said, to 15, or like we said, to 15. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the book. The book it is. And if, if you guys hear any questions happen to repeat, let Kendall know, and she can go on to another question. Cause... Yeah, because I'm not going to remember. 
I don't remember a lot of the questions from the last yeah. time. I was a little schnuckered. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> All right. So this person is a veteran wrestling analyst. So it's Steve Bassett, Jesse Ventura, Gordon Soli, or Al Hayes. Wow. You could actually say any of three of them. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and say they're saying Gordon Soli. That is correct. Okay. Because, I mean, well, Jesse Ventura I, and Gordon Hayes. I, I think they just were going with the analyst part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I was also thinking. Play play I, was al- I, I was also thinking. I'm being hoodwinked into a trick question. It so was. I, it was very. Who wants to be a millionaire? Where you would have used your fifty-fifty and Soli got left with two great answers. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it'd been like fifty-fifty, and they'd have been like Gordon Soli, Jesse Ventura. Shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Archie, you're next. Uh give me the box. All right. Who did Brett Hitman Hart defeat in an I Quit match at WrestleMania 11? That would be Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm wrong. <laughs> you are wrong. How did you yeah. know? Because <laughs> it, it just came out too fast. I didn't have a chance to think about it. <laughs> you didn't chew on it hard enough. All right. No. Bob Backlund? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, that's the match. That's the match where Roddy Piper's like, "What do you say? What do you say? What do you say?" It's also, it's also the only t- thing that Brett's ever criticized Piper about. He said that he's like that match was gonna be great, and then Piper was in it, and he was just so annoying. <laughs> like it was, it was phrased better than that. But yeah, he said Piper took away from it. But yeah, I know, I, know, I can I see thought, where. I can see where Archie got confused there for a hot second. The, yeah. the submission match at WrestleMania 13 was Bret Hart right. and Stone Cold. Aaron? Uh, box. Uh, all right. Before becoming a successful manager, what woman beat the, fa- the fabulous moolah for the WWE Women's title in 1987? Was it Sherry? Sensational Sherry? Yep, sure was. Good answer. All right. Sherry was the greatest. Um, Mark? Let's go with the box. No book love, huh? All right. We're going to leave those for Nate. (laughs) Over here, we love the box. Yes. All right. What was? I think everybody loves the box on here. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, maybe, that was maybe I should let you all think you're answering from the box. Maybe that's what I should be doing. <laughs> oh no, we we, we recognize the wording on them, kind of, <laughs> them kind of questions. All right, what was the name of the maneuver uh, WWE Intercontinental Champion Rick Rude used to finish off his opponents? The Rude Awakening. It is. Everybody's getting the softball questions. Meanwhile, I get stuck with. The good, the, the good thing about the fact that Kendall knows jack all about wrestling is though she doesn't know she's giving you a softball question. So she's like, Yeah, what? I literally don't. I was like, <laughs> for I all she knows, for all, for all she knows, she's like, I don't know what a Rick Rude the fuck is. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Nice. <laughs> I'm going to keep my balls out there and go with the book. Look at you go. All right. Who broke Hillbilly Jim's leg? 
Was it John's? We already we already had this question. Oh come previously. on. We did. Fine. Um, did we? Damn, I can't remember. Te- that. Technically, Hillbilly Jim broke his own leg, but. <laughs> well, that's not an answer. I know because it's a kayfabe book, but he he was running around the ring and he slipped, and fucking broke his leg. But anyway. Give Nate another question. From the I'm book. looking for one that I can read. <laughs> it's not in hieroglyphics. <laughs> <laughs> they're not in hieroglyphics. <laughs> trying to find, one, that, that trying to find one. Trying to find one without the N word in it. <laughs> trying to find one that's yeah. socially acceptable. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bobby Eaton is known in wrestling circles as bad. Beautiful, nasty, or gorgeous? Beautiful, Bobby Eaton. Mm, I don't actually know the answer yet because I haven't got to that page. <laughs> He's right. It's the right it's beautiful. Yeah. Yep, yeah. you got it. Nasty, Bobby Eaton. <laughs> One of the great all-time professional wrestlers ever. Yes. Na- nasty, Bobby Eaton, and delusional Stan Lane. <laughs> <laughs> so, just happy he's not Lauren Boebert's father, Stan Lane. Oh, God. Um, um, crazy thing about him is he was in WCW and he told this story. They sent him a contract and um, he was doing something and forgot to like get back to them on whether or not he wanted to si- resign. And they thought he was stalling him out. So they sent him another offer and it was like for like a bunch more money. And he was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign yeah. Like... my ne- my negotiating <laughs> skills paid off. Right. <laughs> no, my my favorite Bobby story. Uh, Jim Cornette tells it that when Jim Hurd was giving Jim Cornette and Stan Lane such a hard time, they walked out, and Bobby still had time left on his contract, and he's like, "But I want to go with you guys." And they're like, "No, you have a family. You have people to provide for. Don't leave. Get paid and and come after you know after we leave." Once you're done, come vote. And Bobby sat there like a like a like a scolded dog. Like, okay, I guess I'll just stay behind while you guys go off and do what you want. <laughs> you know, that's how loyal he was to Jim Cornette and Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to be left. Can alone. you imagine? Can you imagine if he would have been able to talk? Like, I, like, like you know what I mean? Like, cut a yeah. promo. How yeah, big of a star he would have been? He'd have been a world champion. He did. No he did well though without being able to talk. His managers didn't for him, and he did great. So. Mm-hmm. Archie, you're All next. Right. I will take the box. <clears throat> okay, what superstar appeared in 13 consecutive, 13 consecutive Rule Rumble matches from 1999 through 2011? I see. Uh, I'm going to say it's got to be it's gotta be Kane. It is. Yeah, Mayor Kane. Yeah, the mo- I think I think most Royal Rumble appearances of all time. I believe. I, I think so. I think only or Roman they, Reigns is like right behind him now. I was gonna say maybe Kofi, but yeah, definitely yeah. Kane. Kane had that stretch through the two thousands. So yeah, and never won one. Nope. Nope. <laughs> most eliminations. Most appearances. One of the craziest rumbles to be a part of that hardcore one that they had, but you can't win one. Never won one. Hell, they eliminated Drew Carey for Christ's sake. Right. <laughs> All right, Aaron, you're next. What's a Drew Curry? 
Um, What's up, Drew Curry? I'll do the book. All right. Slick's recording of Blank became an instant hit. Soul Man Jive Soul Bro. Oh, I, oh, I want to hear the names. I want to hear the names. You, Sorry. you, you, you beat me to it. I haven't even read the answer yet. All right. Okay. So it was. I don't know. Soul Man Jive. Jive Bro Soul. Soul Brother Jive. Jive Soul Bro. I believe Aaron Jive used the last bro. one. Yeah. You, which one did you say, Aaron? Jive Soul Bro. Yeah, that was the one. Okay. Yep. You're right. Joel and like. The one was like, what was it? Soul Joe, Soul Jive Bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the greatest music videos of all time. Oh, definitely. One of the greatest entrance themes of all time. Watching him and Boss Man and Akeem come out to it is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and did you guys know that that's not even, that's technic, that's not a WWF song? Really? Like Jive Soul Bro is a real song, and um, WWE bought the rights to it and had Slick sing it. They did the same thing with um, Grab Them Cakes that JYD comes out to. Oh my God. Some other guy recorded those just as a song, and then Vince bought them. Never would have done so. Grab Them Cakes is a ridiculous song, and, and it wasn't written by ridiculous wrestling people. It was. <laughs> It's written by some other ridiculous person. Right. Yeah. Grab them cakes. We're going to go box until it fails me. <laughs> All right. What superstar made history in June of 2006 when he was both the ECW champion and WWE champion simultaneously? Rob Van Dam. That's it. There's the whole effing show. And then he got caught with that Sabu. Was, that, that, yeah, that <laughs> he was great. Yeah. He got caught with Sabu and with drugs in the car, and it was all over for that. Yep. Main event. What did he last? A week? Yeah, I think it was like a week, a week, two weeks later is when yeah. they got busted. Sabu told Sabu told him to say it's all mine. Like, did you guys know that? Yeah, yeah, but but they knew Rob was a, a, a frequent pot smoker, so they understood some of it was his. There was no. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like 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 Sabu was just going to be like, just tell him it was me. He's like, I'm, well, I'm more, this I, I'm, you're getting the push. Like, I'm, I got a year out of this. Yeah, you're, you're, getting the, you're, get, you're, you're getting the push. They don't want me here anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm only here because you talked him into it. So just say <laughs> I did it. All right, give me the book. <sighs> what do Big Mama, Dark Journey, Peggy Sue, and Elizabeth have in common? Are they valets, managers, wrestlers, or managers and wrestlers? Valets. They are. Nicely done. Big Mama involved in one of the worst. Yeah. The big mama wrestling didn't... segment things of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you Come guys on, have never Jimmy. seen Big Mama's. If you guys haven't seen Big Mama searching for Boogie Woogie Man, finding him on the streets, you guys got to look it up. It is fucking horrible. It's god awful. There's porn with better acting. Is it? Is it worse? <laughs> is it worse than Lost in Cleveland with Cactus Jack? Yes. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Much worse. I have Much to find worse. It out. It's Jimmy Valiant, Big Mama, a Lincoln Town Car. It's fucking terrible. Oh God, I have to she's see this. Talking, she's she's talking to the boogeyman, but looking into the camera. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> boogeyman sleeping on the streets because fucking Pez Watley turned on him. Right? It was I, Pez, right? Yeah. And he's mad. They were in Nam together. We were in Nam together, brother. And you turned your back on me. And he's like drinking in the streets. It's fucking trash. I have to find it. <laughs> like, why did anybody like that guy? <laughs> he's so fucking bad. Awful. <laughs> Everything about the Boogie Woogie Man sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will take the box again. again. Uh, let's see. Who defeated Randy Savage in the finals of the 16-man tournament at 1985's The Wrestling Classic? Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Brain's not working today. 1985. Does it give many options? No, no, no options. Box. There's no options on the box. All right, so 1985... The wrestling classic. Oh, uh, wow. Ricky Steamboat. Nope. Junkyard Dog. Damn it. The junkyard Dog. Um, technically, the first wrestling pay per view. Yeah. Yeah, but believe it or not, I've never watched it. Yeah, I'm not missing much. They called it WrestleVision. WrestleVision, yeah. Nice. Wrestle WrestleVision presents the wrestling classic. It's um, not a great show, honestly. No, no, it's pretty bad. They it's one of those it's one of those things like early, especially early in the expansion, they were trying to fit as many wrestlers in one show as they could to kind of show off the roster right. and stuff and like they do now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every show. Every um, show. We have we have um Two, two, uh, what is it? Two point authentication going on, too, because I just noticed Mark is also keeping track of the score in the chat. So if I miss any, we've got each other's back here. Um, because I'm, I'm doing it old school on paper with slash marks, yeah, but he's only doing that to piss me off to show me I only got one point. <laughs> you have two now. No, I have one. No, I have two, yeah, but I'm still down by I think one or two. Aaron, you're I don't next. know, whatever. He's doing it to piss me off because of his whole pony thing. <laughs> what two did he get right? Kane. No, I only have one, Nate. Yeah. No, you only have one? Yeah. I thought you had two as well. No. I missed my first one. I got Kane, and then I missed my second one. Like I said, the brain's not working too well today. Okay. Wrestling well, Alzheimer's. Yeah. Box. The Legion of Doom reunited with what former manager in 1992? Uh, Paul Ellering. That's correct. I was making sure there weren't. I was just making sure there weren't ABCDs or whatever. But yeah, it's Paul Ellering. No, with Rocco, <laughs> the dummy. They said we're a train off the rails or whatever. Now look who's driving the train. We're a train with no conductor. Now look who's driving the train. <laughs> Let's go with the box again. Then he showed up with the puppet and everything went south. Right. Go ahead. All right. 
who teamed with the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, to face Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage in the main event of the first SummerSlam in 1988. I'll do that. That's it. The Megabucks. I just watched the. I'm I'm proud of Kendall. She was she was. She was, I think you were a little nervous on pronouncing DBS. <laughs> but she did it perfectly. Came out, but came you out pulled it off. So I was yeah. like, good job, girl. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I got this. <laughs> like, I want this to be a raisin ro- or razor ramen moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> book. I always thought it was weird that they had Jesse referee that match. That didn't make sense to me. Yeah, it made no sense. He played no part in that storyline. Yeah. yeah. I bet it was a Jesse idea. <laughs> All right. Just, oh, sorry, guys. Cut you off. Nope, good. All nope, right. Good. So, PP are the initials of what lady grappler? Is it Penny Peters? Peggy Peterson, Peggy Patterson, or Penny Patterson? Oh, this one might actually get me. All right. You said Peggy Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) Okay, you can read them again. Yeah. Gosh dang it. (laughs) Peggy Peggy from Big Bang Theory. Who is it? (laughs) Penny Peters, Peggy Peterson, Peggy Patterson, or Penny Patterson? This is all guess Penny Patterson. Mm, nope, Peggy Patterson. Ah, the damn that Peggy Patterson. <laughs> Nate, if you if you got that right, I was just gonna be like so proud of you. <laughs> I was just gonna concede please, right now and be like, I'm done, I'm off. Please I'm tell me B was the correct dancer. The second yeah. option. Yeah, B B was Peggy. No, wait, C was Peggy Patterson. That's it. Peggy Patterson. Boy, oh boy! Old All right, no idea, no idea who she is, but I'm sure she had a mullet and a fupa and a leopard, uh, a, a leopard uh, singlet. Yes, which she, probably, she probably wrestled Johnny. Lived Lived in a, Actually, there a is a photo of her in here, and she just looks like like a housewife with oh, a. Man. Old lady haircut. Hey, we want we want to believe she tagged team with Snooka. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Here's Jimmy Snooker and Penny Patterson. <laughs> and her old lady haircut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me the box again. Against what longtime rival did Brett hit hard, hit Man Hart defend the WWE Championship at Survivor Series '92? WWE Championship. Yep, WWE Championship at Survivor Series in '92. Let's see. Lawler wasn't there yet. It wasn't Flair. Flair was, I believe, already out the door. Survivor Series 92. Why don't I remember this main event? It's not a good show, so I don't blame Yeah, I know, but still. Um, let, me, let, me, let me hold on here. 
90. Like, Hold on here. Let me get on Google. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. I'm not. I'm, my hands are free. My hands are free. I don't have anything next to me to Google anything. Make the fans at home think I cheat. Uh, let's see. 92. Claire won it at the. Wait, 92 Survivor Series? Yes. Claire won it at the Royal Rumble. Lost it to Savage at Mania. Got it back from Savage. Lost it to Brett in Canada. Left. I'm between Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. I'm trying to think. Was this when Michaels had the title and they had the... Shawn Michaels. That is correct. Wow. Yep. Sean had just had just won the Intercontinental title, so his title was not Hold on, yeah. Yeah. Brett does defend against Razor in this time frame, but it's at the Royal Rumble. Rumble, right. And Flair and Razor fought Mr. Perfect and Macho Man at that time. I thought of it. Yeah, that was that yes. crappy. Yep. Yep. Well, actually, that was the only what? match I enjoyed on that show because of the buildup to it. Seeing it was the survivor it was a it was a Survivor Series with one survival match, and it was a fucking six-man tag with some fucking mishmash tag teams. It was stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you got it, Archie. Yeah. I don't know how. Um, it's actually a really good match, too. It is. Yes, Aaron, it's your yeah, the, But yeah, I just I'm not a huge fan of that show. Just, no, I agree. Um, uh, book. All right. Who was Rocky Johnson's first professional foe? Was it oh. Furpo Schultz? Furpo. Oh, God, I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, let's change that one because I can't. It, there's no vowels in this damn name. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what a FERPO was. I'm like, how would you even? I don't know. F I R P O. Yeah, no. The I, answer I, might be. The answer <laughs> might be Pampo FERPO. But if you're not gonna, I, 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 you were gonna skip that one because I can't even read one of the one of the answers. I believe you were pronouncing it perfectly, but I don't know what a FERPO is. I'm like, where the when the hell was this? Thing it sounds like it sounds like a ShamWow kind of thing. Like, use the FERPO <laughs> to get to get the dust out of your ducts. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna send was, it in the chat what this what I was trying to pronounce. He was, I he thought was a little hairy wrestler with an with an afro. There it is. I thought it was Zabisco. Larry Zabisco. That Zabisco. Okay. Well, then I'll keep the question. How was I supposed to know that? No, 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 no. You're right. It's a hard name to pronounce. Now I don't even remember what the question was. Since I, I now know how to say it, we'll go back to that one. It's who is Furpo. Okay. Okay. What's a Furpo? I don't know. F-I-R-P-O is Furpo, as far as I'm concerned. So who is Rocky Johnson's first professional foe? Was it this Furpo Schultz? Furpo? That name I already forgot how to say it. That one. Coco Beware or Tony Atlas. As you can tell, I didn't read ahead before choosing that question. <laughs> okay. Um, Furpo Zabisco. <laughs> Which one, though? 
Traditionally, it's 30, right? I don't know. Kendall's like, I don't know. Fucking ask me. Are you asking Kendall? Yeah, what are you doing? No, I I mean, like, (laughs) fuck it. We're just going to go. We're not going to help you. It's probably wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. What what did you answer? 30. Mm, It's 20. 20. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. That was the Duggan one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He. I think the last person he eliminates is One Man Gang, I believe. Yeah. In that one, um, hold on, fellas. Of course, the only two toys she finds is the squeaky one. Hang on, no, that's don't worry about it. It's Are fine, you, okay? Yeah, I don't care about that. All right, <laughs> squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. <laughs> um, so the uh, <laughs> there's a cat puking behind me. <laughs> oh hey, that's, that's that's our that's our it, it's puking a furpo. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a squeaky zabisco and a puking furpo. <laughs> <laughs> and they all, all right. came trouble the Rocky job from the early yeah. part of career. <laughs> um because the because the book got me last time, I'll go with a question from the box this time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what WCW <laughs> <laughs> The answer is Woof. <laughs> <laughs> what WCW Original one, this. I'm sorry, ECW. My God, the dog got me distracted because I'm trying to keep her from biting me. What ECW original won the ECW title in June of 2009, more than nine years after a reign with the championship that didn't even last a day? Tommy Dreamer. Yep. That's it. All right. And if, if I recall, that reign didn't last too long either. The second rain was like two weeks long, and I think Christian be employed. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, was just a, that was the hubcap belt, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. the, one of the ugliest belts ever. And that that was just a lifetime achievement award from them for Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, much. please don't leave Tommy. Here's the belt. Look, he was riding spinners. Okay, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll keep I'll keep going with the box. What Irish superstar was often known for bashing opponents with the 
Oh, God. Shillelagh? Yeah, that thing. I'm going to go with the man who loves to fight, Finley. That's it. What a what a fucking wrestler. Anyway. <laughs> he was so much better in Major. WCW, though, Nate. He was great wherever he was at. No, like, I know that, that dude was the, never bad. No, but the character was so much tougher in WCW. Those fights with Regal and, and you know, the way they, they built him up. In WWE, they were just trying. It was like they were trying to make a joke out of him half the time. What he did, what he, what he did in WWE, I think having him around at the time that he was around really benefited guys like Batista and Orton. I agree. And Cena, you know those guys women. that were those guys that were coming up at the time, and the women's division too, because he was teaching a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I forget about that a lot of the time. He was like, he was like the women's divisions coach. He was the one that he was the one that came in and through his training, changed it from the divas, like just focusing on TNA and all that, and actually turning right. it into athletic an athletic women's division. Right. Aaron, you're up next. Uh, one second. Give Aaron the purple. Give question. Aaron the purple question. No, don't give me furpo. Um, that was a train wreck. So I'm going to go with the box. But you got furpo correct. I know. I felt like the only survivor of the Titanic. <laughs> All right. Who did CM Punk defeat in a tables, ladders, and chairs no. match for the World Heavyweight Championship at SummerSlam of 2009? God damn it. That's like when I stopped remembering things. Um, <laughs> MD just struck that. Does it give me any options? <laughs> no, not in the box. Um, John Cena? Oh, no. Jeff Hardy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking remember that. The <laughs> best part of that match was the ending when The Undertaker showed up and jumps by CM Punk. <laughs> Another nothing to do with the match itself. Let's go with the book. Ooh, yeah. Mark's living dangerously. Mark's putting his toe in there. He's <laughs> giving a shot. All right. I won't give you a furpo question. <laughs> Much appreciated. Let me make sure I can read everything here. Okay, so this person sported the Michael Jackson look when teamed with Coco Beware. Was it Norval Austin, Craig Carson, Tommy Toon, or Sonny King? Well, just because I'm, I don't know, and I'm gonna go out on a wild guess, and I'm gonna say Tommy Toon. <laughs> uh, nope. That, it was Norval Austin. Yep, man. That's why I stick with. <laughs> I, I could have sworn it was. I could have sworn it was Owen Hart when they were high energy, but no. This was like a normal Coco doing the. Um, he said Michael, Jones. She said Michael Jackson, not Phil uh, Jackson. Were they, were they the Jive Tones? I know Pez Watley was also the Jive. No, tones. they weren't the Jive Tones. They were the the PYT, the Pretty Young Things. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, that's who they were. The yeah. Jive Tones were Shasta and. Uh, Oh fuck! Who was his partner? Fuck. Oh. Anyway, Matt, yeah, it was the no. PYTs. They wrestled for Lawler and Jarrett. All right, they I'm gonna go. With Michael Jackson's pretty young thing. I'm gonna go with 
Let's go back to the book. All right. The initials MLK refer to what little fellow of the squared circle? Mighty little Kenny, mean little Kevin, Monsoon Lee Kai, or Monsinger Lawrence Kelly. I was like, is it Martin Luther King? (laughs) (laughs) Many Martin Luther King. Okay. Yeah, many Martin Luther King. I have a dream. Um, a short one. <laughs> I took a cat nap. <laughs> we that actually got a Negro midget, though. We will knee highs up. Um, <laughs> all right, read me those god awful names again. <laughs> I like right. mean little Kevin. <laughs> mighty mean little, little Kevin. Mighty little Kenny. Mean little Kevin. Monsoon Lee Kai or Monsinger Lawrence Kelly. What about Monsignor Lawrence Kelly? That one sounds the most legit. Right? Actually, it's Mean Little Kevin. Oh, Mean Little Kevin. I told you I love Mean Little Kevin. (laughs) Isn't that Jerry's other kid? (laughs) (laughs) Mean Little little Kevin. He's got a a furrowed brow and a mohawk. I'm Mean Little Kevin. (laughs) Don't mess with me, buddy. Yeah. I'll bite your ankle. Uh, give me the box. Mean little box. Kevin. Mean little Kevin. All right, who's up? Uh, I am. I'll take the box. The box? Yes. Okay. Who, according to his enter- entrance music, Here's voices in his head. Oh, um, yeah, that would be um, Randy Orton. That is correct. Damian Demento. Right. <laughs> Jake Roberts. Jeff Hardy. Anyone with demons? Yeah. Aaron? Uh, fuck. I'm looking for one. Okay. Just wanted to make sure my computer didn't stop. No, no. <laughs> it was me reading it. <laughs> All right. What WWE faction invaded WCW driving a military vehicle to a WCW show in Norfolk, Virginia? Degeneration X. That's it. One of the best things ever. Yep. And if Eric Bischoff would have been smart, he would have left that fucking yep. door up. Yep. Because what are you going to watch? Are you going to watch fucking Raw or whatever's going on? Or are you going to watch DX driving a fucking tank down in the ring? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And then you know what I do? Like, let them in, and I'm going to send Scott Norton, Mang, Barbarian, and somebody, like, I don't know who else. But I'll just send those three guys down there. To beat and everybody we'll and it's right. game over. <laughs> right? Yeah. Could send Ming out there all by himself. It's game over. <laughs> Let's yeah, go with why. the box. All right. What Hall of Fame tag team did the New Age Outlaws defeat in November '97 for the first World Tag Team Championship? 
Hall of Fame tag teams. Just because I know it's probably wrong, but I'm just going to say Cactus and Terry Funk. Nope. The Legion of Doom. Gotcha. Um, like how humble Mark is when he's around. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, motherfucking son of a bitch. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> the box. What muscular former WCW champion unsuccessfully challenged Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship at Royal Rumble 2003? Scott Steiner. That's it. My favorite math teacher. <laughs> 33 and a third. Those numbers don't all, of, all those guys. Out of all the, oh, sorry. All, out of all, just because, real quick, can I say something about the Scott Steiner thing? Yes. In in that time when those WCW guys showed up and like they were saying that Triple H was like burying them and everything, I didn't agree with it. Like he wasn't doing it on purpose. He did it on purpose. This guy Steiner. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think he didn't like that guy, and he said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just I'm gonna ruin this." I think he did it just made him so bad on purpose. Everybody else was it was definitely just a that was a Vince call. You're gonna be Booker. You're gonna be this guy, but. Steiner was definitely malicious. Yeah. All right, Archie. So it's my turn. Oh, no, it's, no, it's my turn. Yep. I will take the box. Boomer. The two members of DX wrestled each other, and what WWE champion in a triple threat match for the title at Survivor Series 2009? Who is John Cena? That is correct. All right, now it's your turn, Aaron. And Archie, just an update. I have five, you have five, Aaron has five, Mark has three. I think I'm accurate there. You are correct. Okay. Uh, let's go with the book. All right. What character did Mr. T portray in Rocky Three? Was it Thunderlips? Blackie Blake, Clubber Lang, or Thunderlang? It was Clubber Lang. That's it. Blackie, 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 Blackie Blank. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a, a like a nineteen twenties cartoon character, right? Yeah. He's wearing like I'm, a the like a I'm the janitor. I'm the janitor, I'm Blackie Blake. Imagine if he would have been called Thunderlips. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We're going with the boss. <laughs> All right. What niece of Brett Hitman Hart won the Divas Championship at Survivor Series 2010? Natalia. That's it. All right. Let me see here. Let me look at the score and see if I'm willing to take a book risk. Yes, let's go with the book. All right. The Iron Cheek, Butch Reed, 
One Man Gang, and Nikolai Volkov were all managed by Slick. True or false? The Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, Butch Reed, and One Man Gang, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. Um, Jasso, bro. All right, Archie. (laughs) Uh, I will stick with the box. What WWE manager and authority figure constantly irritated the WWE universe with cries of, excuse me? That would be Vicky Garrero. That's correct. And now her son pisses me off every week on Raw and SmackDown. It's a vicious cycle. Or her, her kayfabe son. Yeah, kayfabe. Aaron? Uh, box. <laughs> what future WWE Hall of Famer won the first match in WrestleMania history? Tito Santana. That's it. All right. Thanks for heating up. Who was? Oh, sorry, Nate. Go ahead. Boy. I was just gonna say that things are heating up now. People are. You're starting to get yes, question correct, question correct. <laughs> um, he said he was originally pissed that he was opening WrestleMania, was so mad about it. He thought it was an insult, and then he, Vince was like, "We want somebody to go out there and get them off their asses." That's you, buddy. Right. Like he did the whole Vince thing on him, like went in there pissed off and came out like, "Yeah, I'm the fucking man. I'm opening <laughs> WrestleMania." Let's go with the box. What WWE Hall of Famer was known for his green tongue and chewing up turnbuckles? George the Animal Steel. That's it. Well done, Mark. Y'all are on a roll. (laughs) Yeah. Nut now. The box has shit I know. Yeah, the book just makes me laugh. The box has stuff right now. I'm I'm gonna go with the book though for my next one. Okay. Experts consider this person to be the top black athlete in pro wrestling. Is it Rocky Johnson, Tony Atlas, Butch Reed? Or junkyard dog. The funny thing about this question is, it's like it's an opinion question, so I don't have any. Fu- I, I'd say uh, junkyard dog. Nope, it's Tony Atlas. I was going to say is. Tony Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at least they said. At least they said black. At least they said black. At least they weren't like which Negro wrestler is the best. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which one of these is the most uppity? <laughs> oh my god, Aaron. <laughs> Oh man. Which which Negro would you allow to wrestle the white wrestlers? <laughs> All right, Archie. Why would next. you let take out your daughter? I got I gotta follow that. <laughs> yeah, you sure do. <laughs> Give me the box. Give me the non-racist box. You got it. All right. The first ever Elimination Chamber match was held at what 2002 pay-per-view event? Survivor Series. That's it. Which I was supposed to go to because it was in Madison Square Garden, and my grandmother died two days before. Oh, my God. 
I had to throw my ticket in the garbage. Why do I feel like that's been a question? It might have been. Uh, I think it was on our last trivia. Possibly. When Archie's grandmother died? Yes. I've I've heard that story. (laughs) I've heard that story before (laughs) in this question on a trivia night. All right. So, actually, another one. Go back. Nah, it's No, no. We're going to give that to you. Honor of your grandmother. In honor of your grandmother, you get it. Thank you. Thank you. In in honor of your grandmother, the answer is grandfathered in. She'd be pleased even though she hated wrestling with a bloody back. <laughs> he he gets sympathy points. All right, got yeah. it. Yay, sympathy points. Aaron? Uh, book. All right, who is not considered to be a veteran? Is it Violet Vianne, Rose Rowan, Penny Banner, or Lady Maxine? Oh, fuck. Your face. Uh, lady, <laughs> lady Maxine. That is correct. Good one. Holy man. shit. She's the only one that's not. Like, yeah, all of them I was going to say, that was the, she's, the, she's the only one that didn't wrestle in front of Moses. So I was, I was actually <laughs> leaning, leaning toward her, too. She's the only one that wasn't old when that book was written. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Let's go with the box. What tag team reunited to face three members of Evolution in a handicap match at WrestleMania 20? Tag team reunited to face members of Evolution. So easy. Yeah, it's right there, man. <laughs> um, the Dudley Boys, why not? Can I say the answer? Yeah. Go ahead. Can I say the answer? The Rock and Sock Connection. That was, yeah, it's the Rock and Sock Connection. It was the one Randy was feuding with. It was the first time Randy feuded with Mick and he kicked him down the stairs. Yeah. I've smoked since then. I've smoked (laughs) since (laughs) then. Um, all right. I am kind of at a bit of a deficit right now, so I'm going to go with the box. Strategy. Strategy. I'm playing the strategy game here. Good idea. All right. Who became the last undisputed champion in history when he beat The Rock for the title at SummerSlam 2002? Brock Lesnar. That's it. I beg to differ, sir. The answer is Bork Laser. Bork laser, sorry, yes. <laughs> Bork laser. In all his glory. Yes. All of his Dollar Tree glory. <laughs> <laughs> Against the Underfaker. Yes. And Ramen Reigns. And Ramen Reigns. <laughs> and Furpo. No. Furpo is the referee. The only ramen is the only ramen is is Razor. Sir. <laughs> you know, pick another real, name for him. The real the real ramen. All right, uh, he's top ramen. <laughs> he's top ramen. Ramen. <laughs> I love him. He's top ramen. I guess I'll stick with the box for now. <laughs> what former Olympian made his WWE debut at Survivor Series 1999, defeating Sean Stasiak? Stasiak. Sure. Stasiak. 
who is Kurt Angle. That's it. Kirk Angel. Kirk Angel, yes. All right, Aaron? Uh, book. Okay. Man, I don't know how many points I have. You have eight. Eight, right I have eight. All right. Yeah, we'll stick with the book. This person was the first noted American professional freestyle champion. Gus Sonnenberg, Luthez, Vern Gagne, maybe? Gagne. Gagne. Sure. Tom Jenkins. Tom Jenkins. That is correct. Tom Jenkins. Sounds like a substitute teacher. Mr. Yeah. Jenkins. I'm, I'm, I like... I like that when we pronounce it correctly, Kendall's is like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You, yeah, yeah, that, that one, you got it. <laughs> Let's go. I don't, don't even know why I know that. Do you guys have anything like that with wrestling knowledge where it's like, why do I know that? Yeah, like ran, just random shit that you, that yeah. you know that yeah. is quote unquote useless knowledge until now. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, now you know what's your face is an Aquarius, so there's that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mark. Who are are definitely going box? What NFL Hall of Famer faced Bam Bam Bigelow at WrestleMania? Lawrence Taylor. Yes, you got it. And did a damn fine job. Um, yeah. Shouldn't see. have been the main event, but it was definitely a good match. Yeah. Um, let me see. Aaron's in the lead with nine. Archie just behind him with eight. I have seven. Mark has six. I'm going to go with the box. Pussy move, but that's okay. As George W. Bush would say, it's strategy. The right Daddy hand needs kids. to know what the left hand's doing, right? Yeah, right. Daddy put up the wrong one. That came from My favorite George Bush. When we're, when, we're, when we're done, I'm going to say mission accomplished. <laughs> My favorite George Bush moment is when he tries to bounce the basketball and it doesn't have enough air. I like the one where he leaves the stage and goes to the wrong door and it won't open. And then he just looks at the crowd and he's like, eh. and he walks over there. the other door like. But yes, the box, please. Who won a record tying fifth WWE championship by defeating The Undertaker at SummerSlam 97? 97. Brett the Hitman Hart. Yep, that's it. Now that record has been the ball. A little bit ago, one of the best finishes in wrestling history. Absolutely. Pat Patterson was the fucking man. All right, Archie. I'm going to stick with the box for now. What former bodyguard made a name for himself in the 1994 Royal Rumble match by eliminating seven consecutive superstars? Who is Big Daddy Cool Diesel? Yes, that is it. I wanna, At first I, I was I, like, no, it's this no, Diesel guy. Yeah. But then, yeah. <laughs> I wanted her to be like, no, that's wrong. It was, and then have it be like Sid Vicious or something <laughs> like that. She's, She's like, like, no, it wasn't Big Daddy Cool Archie. It was Diesel. <laughs> 
It was this insignificant diesel guy. His nickname was Big Daddy Cool. Pretty cool, right? That's not a nickname. That's, Which that's... is, well, it's fine. It's it is kind of funny when you think about it from outside of wrestling, <laughs> because he has a nickname and then his name is also a nickname, right? <laughs> but then he also has another nickname to go with his real name, Big Sexy Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he nicknamed his nickname. Yeah, he nicknamed right. his nickname. It's a hat on a hat. Hat on a hat, exactly. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Box. Oh. Please don't be a modern question. He said box, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Unless it says anything past 2009, then I'm going to go <laughs> with the book. <laughs> okay. Kidding. From 2015. Well, this yeah. one will be from 1980. How about that? All right. Okay. What, what former protege did Bruno San Martino defeat at the 1980 showdown at Shea Event? Larry Zabisco. That person, yes. No relation to Furpo. Furpo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's his dad. El hijo de Furpo. <laughs> 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 do 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 they do my favorite one i can never say him you know i can never say it this is my favorite one that, that nate does if bray wyatt was a mexican wrestler el hijo de orton or no no no, uh, no. that's that's randy his orton gimmick name. His dad's sorry. gimmick name bray's dad's gimmick oh name. yes el hijo de shyster <laughs> Son of the Schneister. Son of the Schneister. <laughs> well, you, you, got, you got me on I started thinking about El Ejo de Orton with Randy Orton, and that threw me off. But... Let's go with the box. <laughs> Is the dog barking or something? Is that why you're muted? If so. I heard no. Question. I forgot that I was muted and was just oh. re reading oh. away. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. Answer the question, Mark. <laughs> I've done read it. I read it again. <laughs> She's like, there was a Zabisco. There was a Zabisco in there. I'm not reading it again. <laughs> but yes, the dog was barking like crazy. So. All right, let's try that again. All right, let's try that again. Right, who was the first WWE champion in history winning the title in April 1963? Um, can I give him a hint? I want to. To a nicer guy, it couldn't have happened. If you give him a hint, he gets two points. Ooh. No, fuck no. him then. I'm not giving it. That guy on Blazing Saddles, you're on your own. Yeah. Uh, let's go with Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. There you go, Mark. That's pal. it, yeah. I was going to be like, I'm not your friend, pal. I'm not your pal, friend. Pal <laughs> 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 <Hell> gimmick. <laughs> All right. Give me the book. Okay, I'm probably going to pronounce her name incorrectly. Lisa Sliwas? S-L-I-A-W? You could be right. 
Lisa Slewers. Yeah. Slewers. Sure. Well, what's her maiden name? Is it (laughs) Briar? (laughs) Is it Briars? Evers? Edison or Davis? Uh, Davis. It's Evers. Oh, it's Evers. Who doesn't know that? By the way, everybody. By the way, Nate, how much does her husband earn? How much does her husband earn annually, and what is their 401k? What is that question? What is their FICO? What is their FICO credit score? This this woman we've never heard of. What's her name? Yeah, like I can't pronounce her married name, (laughs) let alone her maiden name. I don't know that, but I sold her a house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Oh. All right, give me the box. <laughs> Every time I want to go for the book, one of them do the book, and it's the worst question possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Who first managed Shawn Michaels when he launched his solo career in the early 90s? Who is Sensational Sherry? That is correct. Which Shawn, I don't know how many times you guys want us like comments or discussions about this shit but that's why i like about like the review shows and this thing and all that he said his career would have never it would have never worked without her i agree you know what i mean like he he oh like he says he owes his singles career to be in saddle with her not saddled you know what i mean like partnered with her but sherry went well with she went well with dibiase she went great with Macho Man. She was great with oh. HBK. She Sher- was awesome with Flair. Sherry, Sherry, and Randy Savage is one of the greatest combos in yeah. wrestling history. Oh, history. She was even good with Harlem Heat, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just a Sherry. Yeah, but but like 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 even like before the WCW stuff, like he said, like she was always the chick that got put with the top guy, you know what I mean? Right. Like who was considered right. the top guy or whatever, like the top heel. And it's like, Oh, you're going to get with Sherry. And he's like, Holy shit. And th- this uh, isn't, this is when he realized that they, they thought something of him. Mm-hmm. You know what I right. mean? This is in no way, shape or form criticizing them because like we said, whoever Sherry was with, it was great. So this is in no way, shape or form criticizing, but I'd say no. probably, probably the least of her combos was the one with DiBiase. Well, because you didn't need it. Not, yeah, and not that it again. You know yeah, I mean? not that it was bad. It was just no. That was probably the one where it's like probably the least the least impact she had as you know what I mean as a unit. Right, but they looked incredible together. That was the I think that was what they were going for was the aesthetic. Yeah, more than the like the her him meeting her. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, he obviously wanted somebody else by his side after Virgil left. So Sherry was the perfect. She was the perfect puzzle piece to go with him. Or anybody, for that matter. He traded in the meat sauce for some sensational shit. <laughs> right. Good trade. He's like, upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron, it's your turn. Fox. Uh, Who put his career on the line for a shot at Triple H's WWE Championship in a Hell in the Cell match at No Way Out 2000? That would be... Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, Mankind, whatever they're going to call him in the... They just call him Mick Foley. All right, Mick Foley. Yeah, he was just Mick Foley at that time, I think. Or for that That was the one he didn't want to do, wasn't it? No, sorry, I flipped it. I flipped it. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to cut somebody off. My Mm-mm. shit lagged for a second. It wasn't that one that he wouldn't want to do. He didn't want to do Mania at first, right? Because he did the yeah, no he way out thing. Yeah, he didn't want to do Mania at first because uh, he didn't want to go back on his stipulation. Right. And then they they pretty much made it worth his while money-wise. So he was like, yeah, fuck oh. it. <laughs> I get to main event WrestleMania and get a huge payday. Yeah, I'll do it. He's like, oh, I figured out why Terry keeps doing it. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. <laughs> All right, so currently Aaron at 11, Archie at 10. I have eight, and Mark has seven. And we're going with the box, the time eight. Let's do this. All right. In October 2000, Edge and Christian disguised themselves as what tag team when winning the World Tag Team Championship? The Conquistadors, ain't it? Yep. Sure is. Yep. Their, their Conquistadors are funny because they do that little walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Bob. They were my favorite interaction. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Edge and, Edge and Christian were my favorite interactions with Mick as the commissioner. Yeah. I agree. The chicken suit they thing were and together. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they were, like, trying to throw clam chowder into the toilet because Christian's sick. Mm-hmm. They, they did good shit together. I got I to gotta go with the box. I can't. I can't be back here. Mark. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. Touche, <laughs> touche. Kano seats back here. <laughs> Aaron's taking the book from here on out. <laughs> All right, so who appeared in the 2008 Hall of Fame ceremony to induct both his father and his grandfather? The Rock. That is correct. All right, Mitchell. Uh, go with the box. What referee and aspiring WWE superstar cost Ryback his match for the WWE Championship at WWE Hell in a Cell 2012? Oh, God, I can't remember his name. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. He ended up becoming the Royal General Manager for a little bit. Oh, God, what was his name? Oh, man, why didn't I just go with the book? (laughs) He got fired for calling a crowd pricks. Yep. Yep. I know that. He was also in that movie. But, oh, God, what was his name? What was his name? Wasn't Mike Adamley? <laughs> no. No, it's Brad Maddox. No. <laughs> yeah. Did Mike Adamley die? No. I think. I think so. It recently. I think so. I know the guy get Mike Adamley gets a lot of hate because they said he was like terrible or whatever, but then it turned out like he actually had like a brain issue or something. Oh yeah, yeah, brain yeah. cancer or something. But but because we live in a fucking toxic bully culture, <laughs> nobody ever nobody ever thinks to say, "Hey, does this guy have a handicap or something?" Before I start shitting on him. Um, yeah, just Harvey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, though: they could have fixed that, and they just put a damn earpiece in his ear and fed him lines. You see, he's messing up. He can't remember his script. Whether he had a a, a brain condition I, or whatever. 
help him. I actually liked him. I actually, I actually liked him when he started having fun with it. Like when he was doing yeah. that. I mean, at that point, fuck the ECW idiot. I'd gotten so bad. Who cares that they're, he, but when he's like, when he's calling ECW with Taz and he's doing goofy things like Jamaican be crazy, Kofi right. Kingston and stuff like that. Like I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. He's embracing it. He's having fun. Right. With it. Whatever. <laughs> oh, he's still alive. Okay. I didn't, he's not in the ground yet. He's still, he's still he was alive. a football player, wasn't he? Yeah, football yeah. player. That's why he has CTE. Yeah, he, he went from football to American Gladiators to WWE. All right, Aaron. You could run uh, away with it, Aaron. Give me the book, Red. All right. Ooh. He worked as a funeral director, mortician, and hairstylist outside the ring. The public knew him as was it Mister Clean? The Mad Greek, King Cobra, or Prince Eric? <laughs> I look on Prince Eric. Eric. Nope, King Cobra. Yeah. That motherfucker. Should have went with the box and played strategic, man. Why did I get 11? I got it wrong. Or do I have 11? No, you, you have, have 11. 11. Yeah, you. If you look above, it says Aaron Eleven at the one before too. Oh, okay. Just a running tally. I'm just here. Let's go at the box. What dashing superstar would demand that members of the audience put paper bags on their heads to cover their ugliness? Said dashing Cody Rhodes. Yep. You got it. All right. You know what? Cody took a lot of crap gimmicks and made them pretty damn good. Yeah, I don't. And I know you know what? To be perfectly honest with you, I don't understand. And I mean, it, it's Cody. Maybe Cody has said it, and I just missed it because I don't read a lot of like a lot of press anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people dislike Stardust. I thought Stardust was fantastic. <laughs> it was meant to be a joke, but he made it work because of that yeah. ominous look that he had. He just he he did a great job with it, like acting when, crazy and making funny noises and, and funny when gestures. He joined and, up with the with the um, the ascension and they became cosmic waste. That was actually a great faction right there. They could have added to that. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I like I said, I've never understood the hate for Stardust. I agree. I, I was surprised to hear Archie over there uh, praising Cody because last I heard, he was uh, pissed off because his gimmick was stolen by him. Which back would be to, back to before, back to before. That's back to before we were taping. <laughs> you said oh, you had, I, I said you're I the you were, you were I you said you were going to the bathroom, and I said you were the original throne destroyer. Ah, okay, I understand. <laughs> that. Just make big poops. <laughs> All right, give me the. I am behind. <laughs> I'm happy we talked about this online, Aaron. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I make big poops too. I'm not gonna lie. Oh my god! I feel like I'm like the skinniest fat guy in the world. Like I'm sweating all the time. I was using the restroom. Hey, it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, know. I, eat a I want a bag of chips by myself. <laughs> I, want the, I want the box. All right. <laughs> what superstar? Among Shawn Michaels, Kane, and Big Show, 
did fans vote to face John Cena and Kurt Angle for the WWE title at Taboo Tuesday 2005? Shawn Michaels? Yep, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say, if there's a poll and Shawn Michaels is in it, people probably voted for Shawn right. Michaels, so it's pretty easy. Like, would you like to see overweight big show right. <laughs> no <laughs> anyway archie you're next i don't know why i threw the no. is that the one where he had to tape up his knee uh is that the so. one where he had to tape the show who who did he fight sorry it was a triple h triple threat it was i think i think you're right he had a match earlier in the night oh no 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 i know what you're talking about now no that's not that match okay the one with his knee was against triple h all right, give me the box. Like a tie urn. Okay. In July 2008, who was the first woman to win the WWE Divas Championship? Ooh. Ooh, okay. Let's see. July 2008. First Divas Champion. Hmm. Let's see here. Wasn't Trish, wasn't Lita. Wasn't uh, AJ Lee, she wasn't what the company had. Uh, I'm gonna throw out a guess and say Mickey James. Uh, Michelle McCool. Ah. Yeah, Mrs. Undertaker. <laughs> it's funny because yeah. I was I was thinking I was thinking also Mickey James Archie because I actually thought Michelle McCool, and then I thought no, I think it was Mickey, and then Michelle beat her. But right because I remember Mickey beating Lita for the title and for the women's title, and then I thought you know when it carried over to the Divas title, she she won that. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. It's okay. Mrs. Right. Undertaker screwed me over again. Uh, Aaron, uh, box. Wife, you're muted. <laughs> Your answer? Answer the question, Aaron. Answer the question. <laughs> uh, Black Midget Ron. <laughs> I did not realize I was on mute again. <laughs> <laughs> that's, your, that's your new gimmick. <laughs> it's a bonus question. I, you get I, muted, you get five I, points. Well, no, I knew I knew she was talking because I could I could hear it through the downstairs through the floor. Right. Like, she's down there talking away. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, God, the dog was barking, and then him and the cat was running around, knocked over the cage, you know. So anyway, let's try that again. All right, who defeated Kurt Angle in a critically acclaimed? Interpromotional match at WrestleMania 21. Mm. WrestleMania 21. Shawn Michaels? Yeah, that's it. One of the greatest matches of all time. Yep. Yep. All right, Marky Mark. All right, we're going with the box. Who became world heavyweight champion at third time 
a third time by beating Rey Mysterio and the Great Kali in a triple threat match at Unforgiven 2007. Let's go, Batista. It is. It is Batista. All right. All right, Aaron's got 12. And the rest of us are all in a in a horse race at 10 apiece. Mark has caught up. Good job. Damn, Mark. Good job, Mark. So I'm next, and I'm going to go with the box because it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fucking honest. <laughs> and not as racist. I'm honest John over here. It's to an honest guy, it couldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, who did Stone Cold Steve Austin defeat in a beer drinking contest at the relaunched Saturday Night Main event in March 2006? Am I on mute again? No. Oh, you're good. Okay. No. I'm on, man. You know this. I had to look. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking. Um, is I'm it caught up between two? So funny. The segment is so funny. Is it JBL? It is. Okay. Yeah. See, I get caught up sometimes in the time frame there because he had a drinking contest once with MVP too, and I don't remember. You know what I mean? Like, and he, he had, had a few Bischoff he, too. Yeah, he had a few of them in that era, and I can't. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I can't remember when they are particularly. But anyway, all right, Archie. Box. Who was a last-minute substitute? For Jeff Hardy at the triple threat match for the, World Heavyweight, for the Championship World Heavyweight Championship at Survivor Series 2009. I believe it was Vladimir Kozlov. Nope, it was Edge. Oh, yeah, that was one of those times Edge came. He, that was one of those times he came back from an injury. and Him and Cena used to do that all the time. Like John Cena and Edge would both be like, "Yeah, they're going to be out for a year," and then six and months then later, they two months later, yeah, yeah, they'd make some surprise appearance at a pay per view, and yep. everybody'd go fucking ape shit. Yep. John's shit was crazy though. They'd be like, "Oh, he tore this. He's going to be out for he's going to be out for two and a half years. Like you're never going to see him again." And then he'd be back <laughs> in like two weeks. Right. Like, oh my god! It healed. Look. <laughs> Rub some dirt on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where'd the host go? Oh, there she is. I'm back. I don't know what happened. I got dropped out. So, Aaron, you're next. You're ahead of both 12. You could run, run away with it. Uh, 12 to what? 10? Yep. Well, let's see. Yeah, you have 12. Mark has 10. I have 11. And Archie has 10. Damn it. I'm down, down here with Mark now. Uh, I'm fixing to pass Look. your ass, Mitchell. <laughs> I doubt it. Facing the hit the cold trickle days of thunder. <laughs> Which one are we going with? Aaron, I think he said book. Book. Okay, I missed it. Yes, ma'am. What former manager served as ECW general manager from August two thousand seven through June two thousand eight? Well, that's not the book, is it? No, nope, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a card. No, he said, said the book. book. Oh, as you can tell, I wasn't listening. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be <laughs> honest. Plus, I don't want to answer a question from that era. <laughs> well, all right, then. I'll just get rid of that card and uh, use my listening ears. Okay. Dr. Death does not make house calls. Who is he? Billy Gilbert, Steve Williams, 
Les Thornton or Jim Neidhart? Neidhart? Sure. Neidhart, yeah. Sure. Jim Neidhart. That's not my answer. I was just telling you the name. Okay. <laughs> um, the name, the, the answer to the question, though, is uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams. That's it. It might have been the face. easiest book question I've ever heard. Like, I don't, they don't get that much easier. Yeah, not from the book, they don't. <clears throat> no, let's, let's go with the box. What superstar gave new meaning to the phrase food fight when he attacked Booker T in a supermarket? Oh, Steve Austin. That's it. Hold you, yeah. I was going to pass your ass, Mitchell. <laughs> I'm going to go bang my head in a Great hole. segment. Great fucking segment. Yeah. Let me see here. In the box. Comes out of the cooler drinking milk. Ass whooping on aisle six. (laughs) (laughs) So whose turn is it? It's mine. I want the box. I'm just looking for a card I haven't read yet. All All right. Who did Undertaker defeat in a casket match at WrestleMania 22, running his undefeated streak... At, at WrestleMania to 14 which I think I've already read this question, actually. Do you want to read another one? Yeah, I do, because I'm pretty sure I read that on a previous one. And that one was super easy. I would have got it anyway, so. The answer was Mark Henry, but I'm Mark not going to take yeah. the point. Okay. Who teamed with Vince and Shane McMahon to face D-Generation X in a handicap Hell in a Cell match at Unforgiven 2006? The big show. That is it. Only one thing I remember Shane from that match. Ass, isn't it? Yep. Doesn't Shane wind one... up in Big Show's ass? I mean, it yep. sure does. <laughs> Only in pro wrestling, folks. Yep. <laughs> that would be the point where I'm watching it and my father would walk by. Yeah. What the fuck? Because my my dad was always like, I don't know why you like wrestling, and I'm like, oh, it's cool, man. And then he'd he'd be, the time that he would walk in and see it would be like, when when Rakishi was stinky facing somebody, or Vince was running around with Jr's hat on, smacking his bare ass, (laughs) shit like that. That's when he'd show up. Like, all right. Um, Those were the moments I felt most like Bobby Hill with Hank. Right. Exactly. The boy ain't right. <laughs> I will take the box. Because I'm down by a lot now. All right. Well, who faced Hulk Hogan in a street fight at risk? Oh, God. Um, no, you know what? We're going to skip that one because I don't know my Roman numerals. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Be honest over here, okay? All right. <laughs> What superstar entered WrestleMania 2000 as both the Intercontinental and European Champion? Can I have the other question, please? No. <laughs> no, listen. I only I don't know anything past 20. Okay, so give me a break. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking it's 24, but don't quote me on that. I want to say. Read the question again. I entered as Intercontinental <laughs> and European. Good. What What's WrestleMania the- was it? WrestleMania 2000. I believe it was Kurt Angle. You got it. All right. 
All right. Um, the Eurocontinental champion. Yes, Eurocontinental champion. Um, book. You said book? Yep. Yes, okay. ma'am. Uh, the Iceman cometh. Who cometh? King Kong Bundy, King Kong Brody, King Parsons, or King Konga? Uh, Iceman King Parsons. You got it. Good answer, Aaron. I like how they phrased the question. They were like, the Iceman cometh. cometh. Who, who cometh? Who cometh? cometh. <laughs> who cometh? <laughs> Let's go with the box. What diva was cousin to Hardcore and Crash Holly? Molly Holly. That's it. Molly Holly. Um, all right. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the book. All righty. See, see if I at least get a fun one. Well, let me see if I can find a fun one. Nobody named Penny. Racist. Nobody named Penny, though. I don't want any questions about anybody named Penny. <laughs> or Furpo. make it racist. <laughs> Furpo. And, and no Furpos. Penny Furpo, the Visco. Not finding any fun ones right off the bat nah, here. That's all right. All right. The running body slam, as practiced by King Kong Bundy, is called the Bundy Bomb, the Los Angeles Quake, the Atlantic City Avalanche, or the TNT Blast. The Atlantic City Avalanche. Yep. That is correct. Nice answer, Nate. All right, a good question. I, yeah. Since I can't uh, win, I'm going to go with the book. Oh. Yeah. All right. But I want the most racist, out of date, <laughs> out of date, complicated question possible. Because if I'm going to lose, I want to go down in a blaze of glory. Okay, well, give me a hot second here, and I will, I will dig. This Negro queer <laughs> used to be an optometrist. What's his astrological sign? <laughs> and how much did he make on Wednesday? I was only kidding about it being the hardest question. Find oh, no, I was on. really, no, you've, you've challenged me now, so I've got oh, to no. find it. Oh, no. I've got to get to the women, blacks, and midgets section. <laughs> I love that it's, it's, I love that it's, its own section. It is right. its own section. Right. They, like, they were like, you know what? In this book, we have diversity. We're going to have women, <laughs> black, and midgets. <laughs> And watch, RG's going to get it right. Right. That's All the right. stupid part of it. I guess we'll go with this first one I come to here. So Billy the Kid, Little Louie, Little Brutus, and Sonny Boy Hayes all have one thing in common. What is it? They are black. They are midgets. They are black midgets. Or they are NWA attractions. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly what I asked for. Thank, 
You asked for the best question, Archie, and you got it. I got it. Thank you, Kendall. That's you are well, I delivered. Great hostess. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the the simplest answer, and this I'm just I'm just talking my way through it here, is that they're NWA attractions, but that's too easy. And then I want to say, well, they're all midgets by the name. But then I'm thinking, but that's not complicated <laughs> enough. So I'm thinking they might be all be black midgets. Um, I'm going to go with their old black midgets. Actually, they are just midgets. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) They are simply midgets. midgets. (laughs) Nothing more. That's it. (laughs) That was her faction name. Yeah. Just simply midgets. midgets. Is it my turn? Yep. Yep. And this could be the game. The game. Uh, the game. Uh, this could be the game if you get this one right. Uh, book. All right. Do you want anything specific from the book? Nope. <laughs> nope. She will deliver. She will yeah, deliver. She deliver. I, I saw that. I don't want just <laughs> random. <laughs> All right, random. Random black midgets. Okay, well this this one caught my attention. So, who popularized the cocoa butt? Was it Bobo Olson, Bobo Brazil, Coco Beware, or Skull Murphy? Bobo Brazil. That is correct. Congratulations, Aaron. The game. He said he was, was going to win. Player. He said he was going to win. Hold on now. I have to answer one more question to see who come in second, third, or fourth, right? That's how yeah, we can. If you want to, yeah. We can do that. Yeah. You're ahead of me, Mark. You're in third. Yeah, but me and Nate would be tied if I answered this. I'm not True. going down like that. <laughs> oh, okay. You're not happy with third. You want to tie for second. Yes. All right, go ahead. You hand bones can, can work it out yourselves. Whatever. I'm gonna sit this up here one, in the this, one, this one this one's for the money in the bank. Yeah. Who gets to cash in on Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> All right, where are we going? We're going to the box. What general that manager says wiener. I'm introduced... a winner, I'm not a wiener. <laughs> what general manager introduced Raw Roulette? <laughs> To the WWE Universe in Las Vegas on October 7, 2002. Eric Bischoff. That's it. We we tied, Nate. We tied, and we left Mitchell in the dust. (laughs) (laughs) To my defense, I had to deal with simply midgets. In my defense, you you all were up for like by two or three at, at like yeah, yeah. it was it was it was a bit of a Cinderella story there. You uh, yeah. you definitely came from came back from underneath, but I had I had to represent for all of the red. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I let New Jersey down. I have to move now. <laughs> Congratulations, Aaron. Yes, for becoming Two-time champion. Two-time trivia champion. And uh, two times. times. Two times. And thank you, Kendall, for being the hostess. 
Anytime. And that is it for episode 200 trivia. Aaron is the new trivia champion. And uh, to a nicer guy, it couldn't have happened. Oh, goodbye, everybody. El burro chingazo. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Well, my title reign has come to an end. But congratulations to my brother Aaron for becoming the new We Can't Wrestle podcast trivia champion. I want my rematch, brother. And I will get rematch at some point. But that is it. That is episode 200 of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Firstly, I'd like to thank Bob Smith for joining us on the show. You can check Bob out at the Outdated Wrestling Hour podcast and check him out on all social, social, easy for me to say, social medias. Dave Dynasty, check out the Wrestling Nostalgia podcast with Dave Dynasty. And of course, John and David are members of and fellow admins of the Asylum. And uh, do not forget, whether you travel there, whether you live in the area, the Asylum will be presenting Wrestle Bash 2, August 20th, 2023, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Time at the Doubletree by Hilton Fairfield Hotel and Suites at, in Fairfield, New Jersey. Again, that's August 20th in Fairfield, New Jersey. For the details, you can either look up Wrestle Bash 2 on Facebook or you can also go to www.theasylumwrestlingstore.com. Lots of stars going to be there, including DDP, Eric Bischoff, Jim Ross, Haku, Devon Dudley, Buff Bagwell, um, Jay Lethal is going to be there, Ethan Page, Sabu, lots of wrestling superstars are going to be there, so go check it out, of course, WrestleBash 2, August 20th in Fairfield, New Jersey. Again, go to the WrestleBash 2 Facebook page or the AsylumWrestlingStore.com for more information for that. So that's it. That's a wrap. Episode 200 is in the books. Of course, more to come. Um, With all the new shows that we have going on, uh, you may or may not see the We Can't Wrestle podcast weekly anymore. It might be bi-weekly, maybe. I don't know. I just want to have more content for it and do different things. Uh, Reliving the Extreme continues weekly. And like I said, we're going to have a bunch of new shows here on WNR. So stay tuned. But most of all, to wrap this up, I want to thank each and every one of you for your support each and every week in the six years we've been doing this show. It has been a blast. And I want to thank my brother Aaron, and I want to thank Kyle Army and Archie Mitchell, David Gold, John Majewski, all the members of our Hall of Fame panel, Mark Brew, just everybody involved here at WNR and the We Can't Wrestle podcast. It is a pleasure to work with you guys. It is a pleasure to bring you, the listeners, the entertainment that we bring you. And I think we do it very, very well. So that being said, I'm signing off. It is time to go. And uh, we will see you next time around here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.